Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. You know, I just love letting those violins play just a little bit longer each each intro we get. <laughs> and, you know, when you hear that music, guys, you know it's time for one of your favorite bi-weekly podcasts about a deck-building game from Wise Wizards game, Games called Hero Realms. Um, somewhere along the way, I always forget to mention the name of the podcast, which is Sparks and Recreation. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Matthew Jake Malinko-Rooks. Um, here with a um, just an amazing all-star cast this week. Um, we're, we're running a, a skeleton crew. There's only three of us. Um, we've already had a false start where we recorded a few <laughs> minutes, except we weren't recording. So this is our actual second shot at the intro. Um, and it's somehow worse than the first one that, that we didn't record. <laughs> but, you know, that's, how, that's how life works. Yeah. Uh, Great to at least get a couple laughs. Uh, you can hear maybe from those distinguished chuckles in the background that um, one one of those voices in, in particular has a kind of a legendary ring to it. And that's right, guys. You may have guessed it. It's Larry Legend himself, a.k.a. Larry Love, a.k.a. Uh, the, the man, the myth, and the legend, Larry Horgle Bugucky. It rhymes with lucky. That's how I remember it and don't mispronounce it. Um, <laughs> it's great to have you back with us. Thank you for taking the time and joining us today, my friend. Larry Love is in the house. Howdy, fellas. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me back. Great to have you back, buddy. See, Larry, actually, he's the same every time. First cut, he's really good. He brings it. Second <laughs> cut, it's always the A game. Um, but, uh, you know, there's another guy who always brings his A game. And it's because he likes to play a lot of solo gaming. That's right, guys. It's a solo extraordinaire. The, the uh, other man, myth the legend. Double Dove's Chris Wahlberg. I'm on a roll. It's time to go solo. Hey, hey, hey. What is up, Jig? What is up, Larry? So happy to be on the pod tonight. I'm fired up, ready to go. We got some awesome stuff to chat about. So, uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. All right, man. You you brought the heat, and we've got a good pace. Like we're, you can feel the tension. There's there's a special electricity in the air tonight, <laughs> guys. Um, and you know what? Uh, I'm gonna have to get things off before J- Dubs jumps into the overview of the episode. I'm gonna have to start off with a little dad rap. We've got Larry Love here. Um, I prepared something little special. Uh, I haven't had much time to practice. It might be a little choppy. Bear with me. But most of all. Enjoy. (laughs) 
W-O-P, how can I explain it? Some people try to flame it, but I'm about to show you how to slay with it. W is word and the O is of. So what is this last P that we speak of? The power of words can really inspire. And W-O-P, it's like playing with fire. It always draws two and it sometimes heals. But if you sack it, lots of damage it deals. It needs imperial to max its value. And if you faction it, well, it can smack you. W-O-P can help you reshuffle. And for all those haters, well, we'll put them in a muzzle. I'm here to tell you today, Larry, that W-O-P... W-O-P is too good to pass it. So if you got a chance, you got to... Get on up and then get on down. If you don't buy WOP, you're gonna frown. Word of power, it's all in how you play it. Now get out there. The style too slate. You down with WOP? Yeah, you know me. You down with WOP? Yeah, you know me. You down with WOP? Yeah, you know me. Who's down with WOP? Every last homie. You down with WOP? You down with WOP? Uh, who's down with WOP? Yeah, you know me. We down with WOP? Yeah, you know me. That's it, guys. Don't worry. Only one verse. Very nice, oh, you Jig. killed it. You killed it, Jig. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was, that was with minimal practice, by the way. I wrote it a couple weeks ago and kind of set it aside, and I was like, oh, shit, it's time to record with Larry, and I'm not ready. <laughs> but, you know, it, I do this. I don't know who I do this for except maybe just to embarrass myself every, every couple <laughs> weeks, but it's worth it. I'm glad um, that I was able to kind of – contributed a way that got you rapping it like i rapped that one time and every time since then i mean <laughs> you're doing way better raps than i ever did so i'm glad that i, I experienced well, something here yeah well i mean you are larry love you that's how you that's how you work man you kind of uh you're, you're the you're the ripple that starts a wave i inspired you know, you're, you're, you're yeah. hey real quickly though um, i just want know, to send a, yeah. a, a thank you to all of the patrons and supporters of the show uh sparks and recreation couldn't do it without you guys, so thank you all. Thanks, so absolutely. Much, yeah. yeah, thanks to all we everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of supporters. You guys help keep the lights on and keep things running. So appreciate your support. Thanks, Dubs. Why don't yeah, you take us through that, a quick overview? Absolutely. So we're going to be doing everyone's favorite segment. What would you do? We're going to be taking a look inside the mailbag. After that. Followed by some lounging with Larry Love. We'll be uh, having a little segment where we chat about some conversation topics that Larry's bringing to the table. After that, we're going to do a little bit of a Lua spotlight. We're going to do some card talk, card wars. Uh, We're going to be talking about one to two cost actions during card wars today. So that'll be a good one. We'll get into community roundup, talk about some of the things happening in the community there. We'll close things out with tap it or scrap it. So without further ado, let's get into it. What would you say you do here? That's right, everyone. Welcome to What Would You Do? This submission comes to you from As Awesome As. Thank you so much for sending in that submission. Um, If you want to see the screenshots for what we're talking about here, you can check it out in the show notes. There will be links to the screenshots. And there will also be 
uh, on the Discord, there's a dedicated channel where you can see this game state and talk about, you know, what you think you would do. If you have a scenario that would make for a good what would you do segment, go ahead and contact any of us on the show here uh, via DM, and we will be happy to get that into the backlog to be featured on a future episode. Quick shout out that we need to see the complete board state along with your deck and discard, your opponent's deck and discard, and the in-game menu that shows the turn, level, etc., etc. So um, all that being said, let's get into today's scenario. So we're pretty early on in the game on turn six in a level 14 ranger mirror. We have uh, six economy to spend. We have not tracked yet. We have not used our cloak yet. The row has to offer Smash and Grab, Arcus, Roland, Grack Storm Giant, and Wolf Form. Some notable purchases. Our opponent has Influence, Robbery, and Dark Reward. Oh, no, excuse me. They don't have the Influence, but they do have the the Dark Reward. They also uh, have... It looks like Inquisitor and Profit. So not a lot of purchases by them yet. And we have a Light the Way and the Influence. So we're the ones with the Influence. So um, pretty early here. The big question, basically, it seems, is do you <clears throat> pop the cloak for Arcus? Or are you taking Grok? Or is there a case to be made for some other line here, like Wolf Form and Track? Or uh, Roland because you want the HP or, or something like that. So mm. let's kind of laying out the opening scenario here. Uh, let's kick it over to Jig. What do you think uh, on this board state? What would be your move? Um, you know, I've learned ever since the... And is Roland from the dungeon set or is he from the CT? He's dungeons, totally. He's dungeons, yeah. Okay, so I've learned ever since he's been released in the dungeons beta. If you have a chance to buy him, and it's early enough in the game, you do it because he is going, he, he can do amazing things. Now, uh, one main reason for doing this is because both Arcus and Grack are out there, which means I'll probably be able to get one, at least one of those as well uh, to, to pair up with them. Uh, that's probably what I would do first. Now I can also see the argument for using your cloak to beef up your econ and grab Grack, uh, the storm giant, because uh, he'll give you, um, you know, possibly up to two cycles if you have, uh, if you can stack, start stacking some more wilds in your deck. Um, but I actually like healing here and, uh, or yeah, healing with my cloak and just buying Roland and uh, playing for a slightly longer game where I can possibly link it up with one of those guys. I know if I don't take it, Rucksack is definitely going to get Roland and, you don't want Rucksack to get something like Roland. Trust me, it, it, it won't it won't end, end well for you. So that's probably what I would do. Yeah, and he even has a shot, <clears throat> Rucksack, the opponent in this situation, at um, like maybe even besides getting Roland, getting one of the sevens for sure. So yeah, he's lined up to make a big purchase too. One thing I'll say that I like about the Roland line is that in the Ranger Mirrors, 
HP, uh, hit points, your health, turns out to be pretty critical in my experience. You want to keep your cloak online for as long as possible. And Roland is kind of the uh, best option between Arcus, Grack, and Roland for um, maintaining that HP buffer. And I like picking him up um, early and then trying to get a second champ. I don't know if I would have come up with that line on my own. I probably would have taken Grack until you chimed in with the points about Roland there. I do think like the one of the main questions to me is what do you like more in the Ranger Mirror, uh, Grack or Arcus? And I think that's kind of an interesting one. It's a little contextual because if there's one that's more likely to faction than the other, that can sway you. So Arcus. Um, if if I take Roland and I have a choice between both of them, I'd go with Arcus probably. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I meant more like if you were trying to decide between Arcus and Grack, which way would you lean? Is kind of my my question. Oh, with that, without Roland involved, yeah. If Roland's Roland not involved, yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, probably yeah. Grack, actually. <clears throat> yeah, I think Grack's a little better. But yeah, I mean, I think Grack like, is always better, right? Wasn't that generally the case? Um, no. What was it? Arcus like the worst eight cost? Is that been decided you know years ago or I don't that's know. what i said that's what i said yeah, yeah. the worst eight cost champion i think yeah. and there's something so fun about arcus though like arcus no can it's be awesome <laughs> and, well yeah. especially if you're standing him and you're getting that healing from if you're factioning that healing then he's then he's actually better than grack because oh, yeah. grack's arcus will three draws are, are really good yeah um, arcus yeah. plus roland are a better combo than arcus and grack i would i would argue yeah. especially if you're yeah, yeah like with a ranger needs to worry about your health or a wizard or something like that yeah i think you convinced me on the roland play here what about you horgal are you going to take a different route no i mean it's a pretty solid argument now granted I, I you know i just looked at this what would you do right so i haven't had a lot of time to contemplate it but the the first thing that jumped out to me though and i, I know this is not the right play but i had to consider smash and grab uh cycling my deck um mm-hmm. or healing um, and the reason why, of course, is because with Ranger, you're flipping your deck. You have a lot of control over what you're going to, um, you know, how, how you can use that smash and grab to your advantage. I guess the problem with it in this situation is you don't really have any other good cards yet, except for that that one. Uh, what is it? Light the way? Is that what's out Light there? Light the way. I mean, that, that yeah. that's a pretty solid card within itself. But obviously, smash and grab is going to work a lot better when you have great cards to continue to cycle through. So that that you know jumped to my attention, but. Yeah, it's probably best to pick up Roland, and then from there, there's a lot of other great cards in the market that you could, you know, use Roland with. Or if you get Smash and Grab later, it can help, you know, top deck uh, some of those great cards. Yeah, or even just bringing back the Roland, which, I as we know, right champions are susceptible to missing a shuffle. They're, you know, it's kind of a weakness of champions is that they can easily get stranded out of a shuffle. Smash and Grab can help you a lot with that. One thing I want to call out really quickly is that our upcoming draw um, actually has seven economy with unending quiver as well at a chance to hit eight. Um, mm-hmm. Does that play into your decision making at all here, guys? I think yeah, well, like I said, get get rolling first and then get whatever's left. Yeah. Yeah. The Jake's point yeah, reinforces the fact that you would get rolling first so you can then apply his ability to one of those other great champions. I guess that's. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If you don't get Roland, I guarantee you Rucksack is going to get it. Even if he has seven, he'll buy Roland. Or uh, Roland is usually seven, though, isn't he? Yeah. But, right. Uh, yeah. Even if he has eight, <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, I'm telling you, Roland is, especially this early in the game, what turn is it? Six? Yeah, I mean, it's still pretty early. It's a ranger mirror. Um, I mean, they, they can start uh, accelerating quite quickly in the mid-game, but uh, you still have time to kind of shape how it's going to go here. Yeah, it's a good, it's a nice, um, what would you do? I like it. <clears throat> There's some, because, I mean, you could also argue going for Grack right now uh, because Rucksack has a... Uh, sacrifice card already uh and he's got a pretty trim deck you know he's got that card that draws that two cost uh card. i don't yeah robbery and he's also got influence it looks like so he's pretty trim and he's got some big buying power and he's going to cut down his deck really quickly uh that's another reason <laughs> you don't want him to get roland in a deck like that because all he needs is roland and something else and it's done you're done basically yeah. uh but if you can get it yourself then yeah, okay. Good, yeah. good one. Yeah, and we don't um didn't get anything in from the Discord quite yet on this one. So, but make sure to check out that channel if you want to see how the discussion unfolds on this. What would you do? Uh, thanks, guys. Let's take it over to the mailbag. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. All right. Uh, We have a couple nice um, questions from our recent listener survey uh, that were listed as some mailbag questions. So we're going to read those off today. The first one is an interesting one. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, the the listener was anonymous. I don't know who sent this in, but thank you to whoever sent it in. Um, Here's a question. How does a casual player with low-level characters find a real-time game in the beta uh, pool or the beta queue. Okay. Um, I have an answer. It's a, I do too. <laughs> I do as well. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Larry, well, let's start with Larry first. Yeah, Larry, you go first. What's your answer to this question? So there's, there's two answers here. The first one is you don't. The second <laughs> one is because yeah. it's, it, it's really hard right now to get real-time in beta. I, I try often... I'll, I'll go into uh, and try to get a real-time game as I'm queuing up a bunch of async games, and it almost never happens. The other way to do it, though, is jump onto Discord and see if you can get someone to be like, hey, I'm doing real-time right now. Does anyone want to jump in? And that's worked for me uh, occasionally as well. That's probably the better route to go. Um, but yeah, if, if you're going to be, if you have a bunch of async queue, you can go into real-time beta and clear out your async queue and just hope it pops. But uh it's not likely. It's been my experience, unfortunately. Yeah. And, like, the thing of it is that that is, like, a self-reinforcing problem because once you fail to hit in the queue, you're less likely to try it again later, you know, and then that just kind of, like, compounds it. So, yeah, that's that's tricky. But I definitely agree with the points you're making and the idea of, like, trying to queue up for real time but then playing through your async games. I think that's a cool um, kind of like technique to try to use. And then, yeah, I was you trying to find a game in the discord is the way, the best way to do it. I think that this um, person asking the question, it sounds like they probably don't have beta access themselves. And so, um, yeah, trying to hook up with someone who does mm. is going to be your only way to play the beta. So even if you're trying to hit the real time queue in the app, you're not going to pair up with someone 
that has the beta in my understanding of it. You know, if you're queuing up a beta character, you're going to match up with someone else who's doing the same. So uh, that being said, if you do not have the beta, going to the Discord and asking someone for a game is truly going to be your only option. Quick shout out to everyone who has kind of given up on real time queue and beta. Hey, come back! You know, there's there's some of us still trying out there. <laughs> I love I love I really do enjoy the real time games, and I, I still do queue up for it, even though it's got a low success rate. You know, it doesn't hurt as you're clearing out your queue. Just jump in real time if you think you can. You know, bang out a real time yep. game. I'd love to to see you there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I, de- I do notice times where people are playing the game, like even async games. If you take your turn, they'll take their turn yeah. quickly afterwards, and you can kind of – so you know they're playing actively during certain times. You're right. Why not start up a couple real times? Well, uh, the other thing too, Larry, is I think a lot of people play layer, or, or real time on the weekends when you can get double XP. Yep. And a lot of those games are done on the looking for game, the LFG channels on uh, both the Realms Rising Discord and the Wise Wizards discord people say anyone looking for a real-time co-op game a real-time pvp and then they'll link up and then they'll probably play several games in a row get a bunch of xp uh, level up some characters and you know carry on so that's another thing i see you know it's the the moral of the story is discord helps linking up with other players who are playing especially at the same time if you want to do stuff like that so that's one of the best ways to do it again discord is all free it's not that big of a hassle you can use ways if you want to you know maintain your uh, online privacy or whatever but uh it's a good way to find games that's for sure all right great question thanks for that one yeah um let's move on to the second mailbag question here uh this one is um i actually think it's from the same listener again uh, anonymous uh, but thanks for the great questions this one is for those that want to join a live tournament at a convention and i'm assuming they mean a, a legends tournament what are the rules they should know or strats and tips to be aware of? I know these were mentioned in some episodes, but I can't find or recall them. All right. Well, we've got two legends here today. Um, let's get one quick piece of advice or a rule to be aware of, especially when you're playing the paper version face to face. This is a good one, especially for people who play a lot of digital, you know, playing paper is a very different beast. What are some tips you have? Keep it short, like maybe one or two uh, rules or tips to be aware of. And then I'll, I've got some episodes that we can point them as well to listen to more stuff. See, first Larry, of, go for it. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, practice beforehand. Make sure you practice paper. It is a, quite a bit different. We take the app for granted. All the uh, Everything the app does for us, uh, we don't even realize it. When we, and then we're playing paper like, oh, my goodness, we have to do all this and account for everything. Um, always, you know. Offer your uh, opponent the the ability to cut your deck, or uh, and don't forget you can look through their discard, look through your discard. All these are all things that we take for granted in the app, but you have to actually do it live. Uh, you know, don't don't sweat it. It's you're you're there to have fun. Yeah, but you know, a little practice will go a long way. If you haven't played paper, uh, definitely want to get in that practice before going to a live event. Yeah, I would just add to some of the things that he said there. I think that like giving yourself a good shot ahead of time to be prepared is smart. I think, you know, kind of goes without saying, but like a good night's sleep means a lot. You're at these conventions and you're with your friends and it's all about like you want to hang and game. But if you're up gaming until two in the morning and you have to get up and these legends tournaments, they can go hours and hours, you know. Um, And if you want to make the cut to the top eight after the Swiss, um, 
you know, you're going to be playing for a long time. So being well rested and being hydrated is important. I think that like practicing and being comfortable playing in paper is huge. Um, I, you're able to keep track of life totals with pen and paper. You can't write down other stuff. Um, but I thought that it was helpful to, uh, keep track of health totals with pen and paper kind of had like a reference for the game and I could verify with my opponent where things were at. So I like that a lot about it. And I think just like take your time and, and play your game. Like, you know, look at how much economy you have, your damage, your healing and, and just try to make the, the best decisions you can. Larry mentioned you are allowed to look at your opponent's discard pile. I, before each game, let my opponent know, hey, before you shuffle your deck, I'd like to look at your discard pile each time. And that helped me to like keep the purchases uh, fresh in my mind. And like people are totally cool with that. And if you mention that in a friendly way at the beginning of the match to kind of set that expectation, you're, you're good to go. So, um, yeah, those are some things that uh, helped me there. One last thing. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see people do in paper, and this is true of newer players and, and sometimes uh, not so new players, but shuffling your champions uh, into your deck. Uh, you, you play out everything in front of you, and sometimes you just – I've seen people pick up their champion and just put it into their, their discard pile, and I have to admit that I've done it myself before. So, you know, again, things that we take for granted in digital – very easy to just swipe that uh, champion card uh, among all the other cards you played, and all of a sudden it's in your discard pile, and you you know you realize it, you know, <laughs> the next turn you're like, oh my goodness, so be careful. To do that. <laughs> yeah, and there's a couple small like technical things like discarding works differently in paper than it does in the app, so you want to when when I play a spark you choose to discard at that very moment rather than at the beginning of your turn. So that means that if you have Spark and Elven Curse, you want to play Spark, your opponent makes their discard, then you play the Elven Curse rather than play them both at once so that your opponent has the littlest amount of information when they're making their discard decisions because you might discard differently if you only think you have to discard one versus two. So um, that's one thing. And I'll, this is like doesn't come up as much, but... Uh, damage is not mandatory to be assigned. So, like, if your opponent misses damage, that's fine, but healing is mandatory. So you're like... <laughs> and again, I don't know how much that comes up or if it really gets enforced a lot, but I know um, that that's, like, a, a paper ruling that's out there. So, And I think... Um, Jig, are there any episodes where people can go back and listen to this stuff? Oh, you're on mute, Jig. Great point, guys. Yeah, sorry, I muted that while I was uh, uh, belching up some soda water there. Um, <laughs> the uh, great points, especially, I want to know, you could have even stressed even more, I think, Double Dubs, that the strength of discards in paper is much stronger, or I mean, significantly stronger than the digital version. Uh, it really puts the person discarding at a serious disadvantage when you're, when you're doing it in the paper version. So like, that's something to definitely be aware of. Um, uh, Double Dubs also mentioned um, staying hydrated and keeping well rested. Yeah. That's just good life advice in general, guys, not just for when you're playing a legends tournament, but you know, every day, okay, keep, hydrated, <laughs> keep drinking that water. Really good advice. Uh, it's easy to underestimate, but really, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're just drinking Pepsis or coffee all day, it, it can run you ragged, actually. You need to drink lots of agua as well. Um, all right. Yeah, we have had lots of episodes where we talked about this, all right, um, including, you know, there was an earlier episode from um, 
uh, Silent Al as well that I can't remember the episode number, but it was towards the beginning of our run. If you go back to the early episodes, um, you can see an episode. Uh, we've I think we've done one or two with him, and he's great. And he talks a little bit about things to keep in mind when playing in a Legends tournament. We also had, of course, later down in our history, episode 33 with our, our Kennel. Um, talking, I, I always try to not say Arkenel, Arkenel, <laughs> Arkenel's legend win, um, at the UK, um, legends tournament, which was awesome because he was actually talking about his preparation leading up to it. Uh, and then he gave us reports intermittently through the legends. And then again, at the end, kind of looking back at everything. And it's just like an awesome story arc of like practicing leading up into a legend doing it and then reflection afterward and it's one of the one of my favorite points in our whole podcast podcast arc to be honest so thanks for thanks to him for doing that that was awesome um right after that we had double dubs episode episode 34 where you had your legend win and you talked about the trials and tribulations and you know uh luck going your way in some cases which you <laughs> to be honest you you need all of those things to win a legend's uh as well and of course we had um the scrap force legend win as well where he was actually almost he was late for the start of the tournament it was almost disqualified before it began uh but he made it and not only did he made it he ended up winning it you can hear some about that i think that's episode 22 who did he end up beating in the finals in that that i don't know it was you larry (laughs) final game that was only (laughs) <laughs> it was it was because you agreed to do wizard well and you were you're such a good sport and for those of you who, who didn't listen to it or forgot they i think it was there was a final four and you all decided or someone said hey let's let's do wizards yeah yeah and, uh, was off. that was the proposal the whiz off. uh wasn't and you agreed yeah it wasn't really what i but it all worked out it was it was fun and uh, i was one game away from uh Beating Sam in the final there was uh, yeah two one for for Sam Scrap Force Parsons. Well, and you know, had you already won guy. two? Yeah, that's true for yeah. sure. Shout out! Had you yeah, already it, won twice at that point, Larry, or would this was this somewhere in the middle of your two wins? I, no, I guess it was because I, I I think it was uh, it was right after that. It was Pax East uh, was the next tournament, and then I had won that. That was my second win. So, so I mean, so, and that. Kind of speaks to your pedigree a little bit. Like you've been in the finals at least three times, and you've played in maybe five of these things. Or what? What so, do you? Something what do you like think? that. But you know, yeah, yeah. Keeping it real, there there are so many great players out there. You know, these legend tournaments. Not to take anything away from from you, you. I think you you had more people in the field when your legends win than I've had in either of mine. Um, but until we get uh, like a digital legends, then. You know, when someone wins that, that's going to be a big deal. And, and even the tournaments we have online now with all these great players, I think they, it, hey, not to take anything away from anybody that that's won Legends tournaments, but at the same time, got to keep it in perspective. When you're playing against, you know, a dozen people, some of which Who are could not afford to travel there. And, you know, uh, yeah. But having said that, you know, every time I have won, I've also won against, you know, people that are in the community. There's a few people usually that are really mm-hmm. great players. So absolutely. Uh, I, I love it. Looking forward to doing it again in two weeks. Packs unplugged. Oh, yeah. Man. Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. And it, it it's like, a, it's a slightly separate skill set with the like, uh, mental memory that has to take place yeah. a little bit. You can get a slight edge by, remembering what you have coming up and what your opponent has coming up and, and stuff like that yeah. in a way that, you know, you can't leverage 
that the the same in digital. So, but yeah. Yeah. Good thing. Yeah. You know, I was going to say it's hard to feel hard to shed a tear for Larry, you know, losing as the wizard against Scrap Force when he's got two, uh, two legends trophies sitting on his mantelpiece in the background here for, for our audio listeners who can't see the, the uh, video. He's got his uh, legends trophies in, in yeah. on proud display as he should. Uh, yeah. Great, great question. Really good advice all around. Uh, and I think both of you guys would agree if you have a chance and it's in your means and if it fits in your time window and you can do one, give it a shot. It's a lot of fun. Everyone who does it say, you know, says they love the, the atmosphere and the camaraderie and, Win or lose, it's it's a really good experience. It's fantastic. If you, if you have the means, I look I'm jealous because I don't. Yeah, yeah, I just can't do it. It's just too far away for me, uh, and, and the time one doesn't ever seem to work. But if you can do it, and the time one works, I would definitely jump at it. All right, guys, uh, let's keep the show rolling, and we're going to head into our next section, which is a very special one and indeed customized around our special guest for today. It's called lounging with Larry Love. Wow, that's that's sweet. I got some intro music and everything. Very nice. <laughs> so I, I actually just have a, a half a dozen kind of random co- uh, topics uh, to, to chat with you guys about. We'll see where this goes. Um, but the first question I actually have for you is, is I've been meaning to ask this forever, is who is the woman who does the intro voice? Welcome to Sparks and Recreation. Very professional. Anybody know? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, no, I do know. She is a dear friend of mine. Uh, her name is Megan Serafina and she is a, she's quite an interesting person. She does a lot of voice work, uh, amongst, uh, other things. And, uh, she actually has a website that, uh, you can see some of her work and contact her if you're interested in doing any vocal work, um, that is in the show notes. And I've also shared it, uh, to our, uh, to our Patreons as well. Uh, but for anyone interested, definitely check the show notes. Um, and you can see a link to her work and uh, for a way to contact her if you're interested in doing any vocal work. She's amazing. Uh, she does really professional good work. And she's a, a really good friend of mine. I'll actually be seeing her this weekend for our uh, Thanksgiving party. So I always nice. tell her, you know, uh, hey, people are asking about you getting on the podcast. When you, and oh, I yeah. Keep needling. <laughs> and she finally made a, a little website for it. So um, so that'd be cool. I, I, just I think you made a. You got to get her to play Hero Realms now. That's the next. <laughs> she is a gamer she's actually done vocal work for some video games like oh, wow. for a pretty big one uh, yeah so she's she is a gamer but um cool. yet i i've told her about the i mean she knows about the podcast obviously she recorded for it but i don't think she's a an avid listener yeah. is would be my guess but yeah, yeah. some work to do on this holiday party jig you gotta get her on board. yeah <laughs> get on well, the cards maybe i'll play some dad raps for it the dad raps might might right. reel her in we'll see could sell anyone yeah i was gonna say you made a great call by getting uh someone so professional to do that voice work and then also to get the the music that you got you know a a plus stuff there that was a smart decision yeah uplifting classical uh, it's a you know common i mean you have to pay to unlock the 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 rights to use it but it's uh it's called uplifting classical i think it's called by good bunny Again, that's it's also listed in our show notes. Um, really great, and there's lots of cool different tracks, long and short, in that set um, that we use for our different uh, segments and stuff as well. Yeah, it's really good, and it fits like the Parks and Rec. For those who don't know, the Parks and Rec, 
recreation TV show that kind of had a similar kind of bouncing classical <laughs> opening. That's kind of what I was aiming for to mimic when, when we chose it. And it kind of fits. And it's a, I, I like it. You know, I love those dancing violins, as you know. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Yeah, I do love the intro and the outro. So another thing I wanted to just touch on is uh, talking about all the folks that aren't necessarily in in the Realms Rising community, Discord community. There's really some great players, um, and you know, well, how, how do I know? Because we're all we're all playing beta so much, right? Um, but I do love real-time games, and if you want to get a real-time game with consistency, hey, if you go outside of the beta server, you can actually get real-time games. And there are, there's a lot of diamond thieves out there, but I wanted to shout out just to four people. These are not, I'm not saying these are the four best people that are not in our community, our Realms Rising Discord community, but have you guys played uh, Cardona24820? You guys ever played him? Definitely. He's legit good. Um, And also Kardakin is really good as well. The next two names, uh, I think, have been around for a while. And, and correct me if either of them are in our community. I apologize up front if these folks are in the community and I didn't realize it. I'm not as active in Discord as I should be. But Saren, C-E-R-I-N, he's an OG from from way back before commercial release. Um, and Aaron mm-hmm. Mig, uh, I play Aaron Mig. They're, they're also in, uh, in on the beta servers, those two, Saren and Aaron Mig. Mm-hmm. But a, a couple of uh, players I don't see necessarily. I don't recall seeing them in, in the tournaments. Uh, but they're they're all good players. There's there's a lot of good players out there. So I think I don't know. I, I like to to recognize the people that are outside of our our bubble because I think once it does open up to digital tournaments, um, I, I do believe that our community has probably a lot of the cream of the crop, and that's just because there's so much discussion and we kind of evolve our strategy and talking with one another and. Even, you know, the, the podcast itself, I think, elevates people's games. Um, but having said that, there are great players outside of our, our community as well. So I just want to shout out a few people. I had to great look one. it up. Saren is, it looks like, assuming it's the same Saren, uh, which it I kind of have to assume it is. They are in the Discord. Their most recent comment was from back in July when they said the cleric needs a buff. <laughs> and that, uh, you know, is anyone is able to maintain... A diamond-level cleric, which, yeah, it's an interesting question. Still true. Yeah. Um, Aaron Mig is another one I run into a lot. Uh, I don't think they're on the Discord, but whenever I do, I think especially recently as I've been been so rusty, I've been jumping back into the public queue to play a little wizard and thief uh, just to prepare for the the joust. And uh, I got tons, not tons, but like several games with Aaron Mig and uh, Cardono. Cardona as well. Cardona, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I, I definitely see them in there too, and they, they are good players, yeah, definitely. Yep. So I've thought about uh, like sending a Lewis script that says like join realmsrising.com to some of those people. Is that is that like a spammy, weird, bad idea? Or you can not? try it once. <laughs> if you do it more than once, it's spammy. That it's spammy. I, like I, I will say, I will say there is a banner. Uh, for the Sparks and Rec, which goes to the Realms Rising website That's true. in the app. So and yeah. I'm sure so these, these people... avid players have probably at least clicked that. But it could That's hurt, true. You know. That's true. Um, I know they got Samwise. Samwise was playing Rucksack, and R- Rucksack's character was 
go to Discord or something like yeah. that. And then Samwise joined it. Like this is a few weeks ago. He, he, I know because he told me, he sent me a message. He's like, Hey, it's great to be here and see these names. And you know, he was really excited to find the community. So it definitely can happen where people just haven't seen the, uh, found the discord somehow. So yeah, it's definitely where, and once they get there, like Samwise is another one who I saw in the public a lot or, and he might have, I think he has beta too, uh, but he wasn't in, never in the community stuff and now he's kind of found it and he's like a, he's like oh my god i found my people you know type of moment which is cool to see when it happens once more yeah good stuff yeah i actually i'm looking at discord i've had a lot of chats with sam wise actually we started playing in the king of the random hill event and have kind of uh had some conversations yep. since then so. and that's relatively recently though like he, he's joined yep. october was when it started so yep. yeah that's legit so the other thing I wanted to, uh, I, I thought, Jig, you had asked me maybe to talk a little bit about Bard at one point. Um, uh, uh, yeah, well, and the reason is because you, well, A, I love Larry plays characters uh, a little bit like I do. Well, early early beta, I was playing all of them all the time, but then you kind of find your ones you really like and you just groove with them. And Bard is one of those characters that Larry, I know, has been grooving with. Uh, I know you play a lot. I played some games and, you know, I don't know, Larry, if you saw my um, kind of, it's kind of a half joke, but there's a lot of truth behind it. It's called the, I forget the name of it, but it's, it's the, uh, like flow chart you made flow chart of victory. I think I named it where like each class has like different, it's kind of a joke and it's oversimplified, but the bards is basically, did you find a good uh, champion early in the game? that you can you know make unblockable or whatever. And if you answer S, it's you win. And if you answer no, it's you lose. And that's kind of, it's an oversimplification, I know. Yeah. But um, that's kind of how a lot of Bard games go. But I've played games with you that are very strange or you know very fun. You know, the Bard can go in some wacky, wild ways. Yeah. And you've kind of found some ways to do that. So, yeah, please tell us about the Bard a little bit. Yeah, no, I really, I really love the bard, and I, I think there's a lot of truth to what you said about you got to get that champion, and especially against aggro. If you're playing against a barbarian, a fighter, a, a ranger, anything can rush you down. If you don't get a champion early, you're, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. But in other classes that are a little bit slower playing, you have more time to develop. I, I wanted to speak up about bard, uh, and I don't think it's an overly powerful class necessarily. It can be right when you get that great champion that the. Um, the green eight eight cost uh, that that giant that lets you draw and discard. Um, Grack, not Grack, the other one, uh, the newer one. I'm waiting for Dubs to bail me yeah. out on this, but he lets you uh, like a double draw and uh, opponent discards. Uh, he's eight cost from what? Oh, are the- Oberon Demon Slayer. Yes, Oberon. thank you. All right, yeah. I, knew, I see. I knew <laughs> I was do. So that guy is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there it is. I, if you can get him, like, there's no better. I don't think there's a better card for uh, for Bard uh, because I think you're doing double discards and crazy draws. It's just insane what that what that champion can do. Yeah, he's a good one. Uh, but that aside, yeah, you could. Denman, I'm just Den thinking Mother in Morgan my head. Is oh, even oh, yeah. She's easier. Or no, as I call her, Dem Dem M F N Moriga. No, is what I call her. So she's cheaper. She's not better. She's cheaper, not better. I mean, she's great too. Uh, 
Well, here's the thing, though, and Larry, and you talk, uh, it may, you should talk about this too. Like, I really find that, especially when you use your ability to get a, I use the, I forget the name of it, but it's the middle ability where they're one less and they go immediately into play yeah. when you when you purchase them. That's like the uh, meta one, right? That's kind of what everyone does. Is that right, Larry? Are you but, on a different well, ability? Yeah, maybe that's why I'm still silver with Bard, uh, because I take the one that gives you a discount of three, and if it's it costs five or less, it goes directly into play. Uh, it and lets you reach for some big five. champions very early. Oh, and, does, like yeah. if you're yeah. near the end of your deck, you can get it into the next shuffle pretty quickly. If you're not, you get you know. No. I don't know. I'm still experimenting. That's I, that's I'm a, that's the second best one, I think. Yeah, I, I, I yeah that's a pretty good playing one. it. I'm, I'm I'm not saying it's so powerful. I did want to defend it a little bit because I thought Filterphobe was a little rough on the bard on your last episode. Um, I, I, you know, he was talking about it. I started to you know, tear up a little bit, but he was saying how all their <laughs> starter cards are garbage. Now, he didn't say that, but he said that they're all situations. There's no damage. Yeah. Yeah. There's no damage. In them. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you do have that, that mug that you can, you know, two gold or four damage. That's one of the item upgrades. That's one card but though. You know, you have the, the, that is good damage though. You have the that is good damage. Only one. That, that lets you sack. That's one damage and one gold. But the thing is, is they're all, he's right. They're all situational. But when you have so many cards, that are situational. Well, guess what? They're going to be paying off, uh, you know, not every hand, but, you know, throughout the game, you're going to get some ancillary benefits from these little starter cards, whether it's a free discard from the green. I love the I love the necro sacking ability. You know, you you pick up Mm -hmm. a death cultist on turn one and you can sack the gold. It's the best one. Better yet, a dagger. Yeah. Love it. Um, And, you know, they're all little nice things. Um, So I, I, I think that the, there's a lot of fun to be had with the bard and reactivating the ability, you know, activating it twice if you've already factioned with it. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do. And I I, you know, I, I don't yeah. always just play what I consider like the OP meta. I play what I enjoy. You know, I was playing Necromancer yep. when it stunk. I'm still playing it now. I just I have fun <laughs> with it. There's there's the Necro is still kind of fun, though. Yeah. But wait, the, the temper, well, first with the bard, though, because I wanted to I found that. If you use your ability, and if you're using the one where you're reaching and you can get like an eight cost or something and it goes in your discard, it doesn't, this doesn't yeah. come up. But if you're putting it into play, I found you really want to have two gold left over so you can use your, uh, your skill on it because yeah. you get another use out of it and you protect it, your, yeah. your chances of it staying out there longer, which is really important for the bar to get a good start with. Which is, uh, another- and I think at least that build, but. Yeah, it's another yeah. reason to look at the cheaper one too, because then you'll have that gold maybe, you know, more often. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's but with Den Mother though, like what I'm saying with Den Mother, if you can get up to seven, she's a perfect target for the Bard with that ability because you often have two gold left over, and you can use her twice on the turn you bring out. Your opponent is discarding two, and she's got beef. She's got four extra defense, and it's yeah. like it's basic. It's almost game over if you can pull that off yeah. with Den Mother. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's a, good, it's a good one for that ability. Certainly, yeah. If you can do that early, it, it, you're right. You know, uh, when, rather waiting for the eight costs to come around. Uh, Power of is another really nice one. Um, that you Deception, can, another one too, where you can, if you're over, if your code is still alive, it's yeah, yeah. just ridiculous. You get double deception. <laughs> Basically, it's crazy. <laughs> so two more yeah, things but, Bard is getting touch on, um, yeah. unless you guys want to talk a little bit more about Bard. No, I no. love it. I could keep going, but let's we're cut, cutting a good pace here. Let's okay. Keep it going. So, so this is I'm going to bring up something maybe a little controversial. I don't know, but I, what, my favorite episode of the year of Sparks Recreation, and maybe my favorite of all time. I believe it was episode four. You had Doodle on, and you did Card Wars, 
And I don't know if he had done it before then or and I missed it because I, I think I've probably only missed two episodes ever of Sparks and Recreation since you've been <laughs> doing it. But um, wow, when you went through the tier list, I was like, this is what I need. It was so it was so nice because I'm sitting there and I'm just like agreeing with like 90 percent of what you're saying. But <laughs> left on my own. Right. It, 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 I don't know what these you know, I don't I, I believe that, you know, the death cultist is pretty good. And, and I believe that, you know, Gorlock the vile was pretty great. But then hearing all these awesome players confirming what I believed, I was like, wow, I, I was on the right path this whole time. I don't know. It was like this epiphany that hit me. Like you guys reaffirmed a lot of what I was thinking and it was, it was very helpful. And also, cause sometimes I think I'm reaching for cards and then I, I have the entire podcast saying, no, this is a great card. I'm like, all right, that's really good. I think it was really solid advice to, for, for all players to just kind of see how, how all these cards break down in terms of, you know, great cards versus not so good cards. I think, Maybe some people think that, you know, cards are generally fairly priced and there's not a lot of differentiation, but that's not necessarily the true. We know that situationally any card can be great, right? But these tier lists for me, uh, and what I'm going to say that I think is controversial is, um, you know, we know that what would you do is everyone's favorite segment. Um, <laughs> and I, I think it's really good, especially when you have the, the graphic up, but I oftentimes listen to your podcast when I'm in the car and it's a very it dubs you do an amazing job just laying out the whole scenario. But if you have someone that, you know, is a little ADD and, and not, you know, keeping it all straight, sometimes you can get lost in yeah, the whole totally. thing. I'm sure there's people who skip that segment every time. It, 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 it's, it's, it's hats it's, off to them for doing so. It's really cool. It's a cool puzzle, but it's also very situational. But Card Wars, that knowledge transcends the entire game it's not at one specific situation but if you if you have this ranking this tier list if you can appreciate good cards in the market um then that that could be relevant you know in many 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 different situations not just a specific situation so that is my favorite segment of all time and wouldn't you know nice. we're doing card wars in a little bit here we'll, <laughs> we'll see how i do on it because i only listen to the one with noodles so um Hopefully, uh, hopefully my my rankings aren't too far off from you guys. But I, I just love no, that. I love that episode, episode forty. If you guys haven't seen it, go back and listen to episode forty with Noodle and Card Wars uh, because I, I thought it was really a, the best episode. Wow, thanks. Sorry. That's high high praise coming from you. And we'll make sure. I, I, I know Noodle listens as well, but it'll be. I'm sure that'll bring a smile to his face as well. Noodle, another uh, you know just class class act. Sp- Great player, great insight into the game, but he's really good at talking about the game too. So, yeah, that was awesome. Um, All right. I will say, let me say a few things here, and maybe Dubs, you have a reaction too, but uh, of course, everything Larry said is spot on. That's why these are fun to do. Um, And we all, we agree on a lot of them. There are some things we disagree on, but I think that's also about like play style and uh, maybe the characters we lean and how we play with them, et cetera, as well, which is another interesting slant to everything. Um, but I will say this too, like the tier list are, can be dangerous if you're if you're thinking about all of your buying decisions based on tiers or like how good a card is, quote unquote, you might be missing opportunities. In other words, there might be a time where buying a, uh, a taxation 
is actually a really good idea or it could win you the game even sometimes. Right. But it's actually, it's almost universally ranked as one of the worst cards. Uh, and we'll actually, we'll see it when we talk about the one or two God's cards <laughs> later. It may have just spoiled one of my uh, evaluations, but what I'm saying is knowing when to find uh, bargain deals or to buy cards that actually situationally will help you in a, in a, in a game uh, is part of advanced play as well. So, d- in other words, don't put too much stock into tier lists. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, but well, I'll I'll add to that though is that I think like in the discussion that we had, we probably we applied some context that would help. Um, oh yeah, yeah. guide We've folks into like lot, making yeah. the decision. If you just look at a blank tier list and try to decide or make your purchasing decisions off that, then you're going to be in trouble. But if you're um, if you listen to the episode and talk about why and when we think the cards are good, I think that you have that extra bit of knowledge that can really uh, help the tier list be effective. So yeah, hundred percent agree on that. Like I said before, every card it can be situationally great. Um, it it really does depend on the situation. But having said that, it, it, an overarching list I think is very helpful in terms of the relative power mm-hmm. and value of the cards. Yeah. And I think but it's good to reaffirm our own beliefs. And I mean, Larry is obviously an accomplished player who knows how to play the game. But for the newer players who are listening to the podcast as a way to you know level up their game, I think it's especially helpful because a lot, especially I think the, you know, the mid cost, I think we did the two and three cost champions with Noodle, right? Those are kind of often overlooked, ignored cards that maybe newer players are you know more attracted by the you know sexier big cards than some of these kind of more meat and potatoes, low costers that can really actually turn the tide of a game if you, if, if they're used correctly. So definitely good advice for the newer players as well. Yeah. The, uh, the, the final thing I wanted to talk about uh, with the uh, lounging with Larry love segment here is um, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the sparks and recreation cast. If I can just take a minute to do that. And I'm, I'm, Really, uh, I'm excited you guys brought uh, Filtrophobe on. I think he adds a lot with the meta mashup. It's good to get some new blood. You know, uh, I think he's a, a rising star in um, in our community and in, in Hero Realms. Uh, he brings a lot. I, I know he's been on a couple of episodes, so I, I think it's awesome you brought him on. And then prior to that, I think Sam Scrap Force Parsons was the fourth member of your cast. He was the third. He was actually right before Dubs, wasn't he? No, I thought that It's hard to say. I know, well, I think my just, episode as a guest was before him, but I feel yeah. like you kind okay. of brought us both on at the same time or something. I'm not sure. Sorry, I don't have to, I, I shouldn't question your. He was doing Hero Helper, I think, and then we brought in that, yeah. Anyways, All right. they're, they're both about the same, about yeah, the same time. I, I thought, you know, Sam brought a lot of levity, you know, a different perspective. Uh, it's, it's great to have different personalities and uh, can't say enough about Sam. Dubs, what you do in terms of just laying out things on a technical basis, I don't know how Jig could do this without you, the way you lay out what would you do, and really the whole flow of Sparks Recreation. And, um, you know, going back to the start of it, it was it was Jig and Tim, and I know Tim is your right hand man. You know, uh, he's <laughs> he, he is your uh, silver skull amulet to to, to your uh, robes. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, but I think all of the cast members up into the up into Jig, except for the latest uh, Filtrophobe, have all had the opportunity to go to Legends tournaments and win Legends. And I think I don't think there's anybody besides Jig that's really 
took the torch that Adam left and, and just kind of led this community. Uh, I think the, all the members and have, have done a lot of this uh, podcast, but I think Jig as you know, I don't think we wouldn't have this obviously without you. You guys are always asking about, well, we want to return some of these funds that we've raised back to the community. But what I'm proposing right now is that we actually, between now and Origins, pile up some money, get a plane ticket. And Jig can't say no if the plane ticket's free. He's going to come to Origins and sit with us at a Legends tournament next year. And if we agree to do this as a community, I'm donating 50 bucks to kick it off. Um, But I think that is what... I think that's what we should spend some of this money you guys have raised um, because everyone else has had the chance to, to go to these tournaments. And, and I feel like Jig has just done so much. And I'm not just sitting here trying to brown nose, but it's time you came to a Legends tournament, my friend. So, oh, I, man. Dubs, I'm going to ask you to put that to a community poll. I don't want Jig to comment on it because it would be <laughs> awkward for him. But if you, if, you would, if you would consider putting that out to a community poll, yeah. uh, we should see where we go with it. Absolutely. So that's all I'll, I'll let, lounging with Larry Love. <laughs> that's huge. I got to let Jig respond because you, uh, but I couldn't agree more that like the community has a lot to thank Matthew Jig Malimpa Rooks for what he has done here. So just echoing what Larry said here, you rock, man. And nice work. Oh, oh, are you, are hey. you going to do it? Are you coming to origins? What's up, man? Well, we'll have <laughs> to look at the dates of stuff, you know, cause I have leaving the country for, uh, is a is tough. I I do it a lot for work, and I don't have a lot of windows where I can do it. But finding something to do. It, origins is origins in August, or July. Yeah. Or, 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 which one is? Yeah. I, it was July last year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is right at the end of the academic semester for me. Oh, perfect. And then in right August the is when I have my summer vacation. Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll look at windows. Hey, it's you. It got a little dusty in in uh, the in the in the Rooks headquarters over here. <laughs> so really, really means a lot to hear you say that. And you know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. Uh, finding you guys and uh, chatting about this game and playing games and you know sharing memes uh, and gifts on on the Discord and you know all that stuff has brought me so much enjoyment and so and so many laughs that it, it's all been worth it. So you know. Uh, I, I appreciate I appreciate the the kind words, Larry. Really, really, I do. But uh, and we'll see about you know just a, dis, a uh, Discord crowdfunding led uh, trip is a nice idea. We'll see how it works. <laughs> we'll, we'll look at the timing. Okay, uh, it's I'll June nineteenth we'll to twenty third. June nineteenth to twenty third. <clears throat> I love uh, I love uh, you putting him on the spot here, Larry. This is the best. Come on, <laughs> and that's the one that that's the one that everyone goes to. Is yeah. the one that's yeah. the bigger one where Wise well, Wizards okay. has like the community get together at some point. Usually, I don't want to yeah. quote them to something that yeah. they may or may not do, but that's when it typically June. is. Yeah, they always do it. You could be hanging out in the suite with Rob and Debbie, and it's legit, man. It's yeah. legit. I have to say yeah. personally, though, I have uh, baby number two on the way. I was not planning on going this year, so like I'm gonna have to swing some cards oh, if it turns okay, out. Okay, well, you I'm definitely in that. If, Dub- if Dubs isn't gonna be there, then I'm yeah. definitely gonna go. No, no. if you're going, that's then he's gonna find a way. That's that's what's going yeah. On. That's it. Yeah, if you're going, I'm gonna do what I can to be there. No, I'm gonna cash well, in we'll, whatever brownie points I we'll can. We'll see. You know, I'd, it would take some. It would take some work. Uh, we'll we'll continue the discussions. 
and, and see how it goes. But it means, hey, Larry, just yeah. even bringing it up means a ton. That, that's awesome, really. It is. No, but, uh, you, you deserve yeah. to be at one of these tournaments. We all we all want to see in person. Yeah, yeah. I would be. That would be the best thing for me. It's just seeing all you guys and uh, yeah, playing a few games, sharing a, sharing some stories, maybe a drink or two too would be uh, yeah. called for. It. <laughs> uh, yeah, good stuff, man. You, nice. you make you make this old man happy, Larry. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the kind words. Yeah, well deserved. All right, well that's well, all we've got right, here at Larry Loves yep. Lounge. All right, and we're gonna segue right into Larry's favorite segment, which, by the way, he's gonna kick off and actually lead for us. Oh boy, Card Wars. Okay. <laughs> This is my boomstick. All right, so we're looking at uh, cost one and cost two actions. Is that is that correct? We're looking at yeah. So with Noodle, we did the two to three cost champion. So I figured let's look at actions and maybe one to two cost would be a better way to group it. Okay. So that's what we're gonna do. One to two costers. Are we starting at the bottom and working up? I, guess um, I think you should. I, yeah, I, let's start. However, you're you're going to lead it. Okay. Um, so whatever, how if you like, if you're a bottom up guy or top down guy. Yeah. To well, I, I'm going to follow the previous format, and I think it was kind of suspenseful when you guys ended with you know the best cards. So I think okay. we can start at the bottom. And I didn't actually put anything in the D tier. Maybe I should have. Um, did you, Did you do that, or I just I put, I have five. I points. did. You did. Okay. I did. And I kind of, you know, it, my list is actually very top heavy. All right. I did find a Q, a couple for D. Well. All right. So I'll go. Do you want me to list the Ds? You had none in D. No, I had five in Cs, but, you know, um, I'll share, I'll, I'll share with my five Cs and then you can. Okay. No, yeah. We can start CD. If you have stuff in Ds, go with your Ds. Oh, go ahead. All right. Well. And again, these are cards that definitely have their moments, but I put taxation and profit both in the D rank. Those are the only two cards I have in the D for the one costers, one to two costers. It's hard to disagree with that just because they are so contextual to be useful. You know, it's like pretty rare that you're slamming one of those cards and feeling great about it. So I I can't push back on a D rating on either of those, I don't think. If you need oh, them for patching, like, though, then yeah. they're then they're golden. You yeah, know, if no, you need that faction, they're great. Yeah, that, that's the thing. They, they they do provide a lot of value if you have that faction, and I don't think you're buying them without having that faction, right? I mean, normally, unless you're really in trouble for yeah, economy or something, or you think you're going to get that faction, you need some healing, so you're picking up the taxation now because you see the way the game's going. Like, so that's why I didn't. I didn't put anything in D just because I'm not generally buying them unless I'm planning to certainly faction. I'm not buying it for the two gold. Yeah. But I can't argue. With That's fine. D yeah. Either. yeah. It's just, even if you buy end game, you're usually not happy to have these cards in your, in your deck, yeah. you know, and there's no easy way to get rid of them unless you've scrapped everything else out. So uh, yeah, for me, they're the lowest of the low, but they're- I definitely see the value. Taxation is one multiple games for me. They're usually lower level games, but uh, it has definitely been the difference in winning and losing. And, and I think 
can we agree that profit is like maybe even a rank lower than taxation? Probably like taxation turns out to be useful just a bit more than profit. Yep. Probably in my experience. Yep. I mean, that four damage can come in handy though. I mean, four damage is not, it's a pretty there's, sizable chunk of damage. There's something fun about loading up on profits and intimidations. I'll say that much, <laughs> you know, you can, oh, do yeah, when you get stuff. both out together. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Cooking with gas or fire or something. All right, so keep all right. So let's jump into C's then, Larry. What do you got? So one one card that I think is particularly bad, although it's fantastic. We we're talking about situationally useful um, in, in a very specific situation. Soul transfer. Soul transfer gives you two gold and two damage. You can sacrifice it to take a card from a champion from your uh, discard and put it on the top of your deck. So if you have big champions, like that's typically while. I'll only buy it if, if I'm trying to faction a dark reward or something like that and and or if I have champions that I want to top deck. Because if you think about it, it's like a bad fire gem otherwise, right? A fire gem will give you two gold and three damage. This gives you two gold and two damage. So you, the only reason you'd buy it is if you're desperate to faction red or if you have those big champions. So that's, I think, and it costs two. Um, yeah. So that's, I think, a pretty weak card overall. So you've mm. got that one at C? I do. That's your lowest rank? That's your lowest rank out of all these cards is Soul Transfer? Um, I, I, or is it you're, you're skipping over Taxation and Profit because we already talked about yeah, it? Yeah, I'm, I'm skipping over okay. those two. They're okay. all, I put them okay. all in the C. I, I'm not going to say that Taxation or Profit are better. Uh, they do cost one versus this cost. This is the only two-cost card that I have in the C tier. Um, and to spend two and get something that in most situations is going to be worse than a fire gem. Mm. I think right. I think you make some good points there. I'm generally pretty high on the soul transfer and like it, but that's just because some of the cool things you can do with it are so cool <laughs> that like that's kind of what sticks out in my head. When you buy it in deck one and then are able to in deck two get that big champion, you know that that ceiling is so high. That maybe that's why I like maybe overrate it in my head because I do think it's true that like there can be a lot of times where you do just leave it on the row. So maybe C is like an appropriate evaluation, but mm-hmm. with knowing that there's that potential for some big upside there. It's kind of how I view it. There's not some cool things you can do. There's only one cool thing you can do with it. There's one cool thing. <laughs> one yeah, cool thing you can true. do with it. Yeah, if you faction <laughs> the red, that's great. But really, you're buying it to pop that champion. That's why I said it's situationally awesome, right? If you have a big champion, yeah. I'll buy it specifically for that if I have a big champion. But otherwise, I'm not going near that card. I just really I liked know. how Call to Arms and Dungeons added a lot of that effect to the game that we didn't mm-hmm. see before. Um, and that's alluding to some three cost actions that we won't be talking about today. But generally, I just thought that effect was cool to introduce in a. a Tubbs, so where, where did you have it ranked on yours, on your tier list? I'm Soul more transfer. of a, you know, chime in on everyone else's tier list than have my own criticized kind of style. <laughs> oh, okay. In other words, you didn't you didn't make a tier list is what, he, is what he's I, I did not. I didn't last time. And it was Larry's favorite segment ever. So I had to run with that, you know. OK, I had Soul Transfer ranked A. I have it way higher than Larry. what uh, he's got yeah. it at an A. Let's talk about it. I love it. it. I love it. All right. Now, um, it's way better than a fire gem because it's necro. It gives you necro faction. Um, the good thing about it, Larry, is that it self-sacrifices. So you can get it out of your deck. Uh, it You don't need a big champion to make it work. 
you need a champion that will faction with something you need to faction with that turn to make it work. I have um, done things where I, I have bought a champion with it, with that card that turn, then sacked it to put it on top of my deck and then drawn it the same turn. And it might not be a great um, a great uh, champion. It might be a uh, what's a good champion that a good low cost champion like Orcrunt. the uh, Orcrunt. Orcrunt or something like that. Yeah, yeah. which is going to keep your draw going. Maybe maybe that maybe you didn't have another uh, wild card to get to your mate. Now maybe you, you have two draw cards coming from your wild cards or whatever. Like yeah. I, I especially with wizards. Uh, and you know, I think um, even the bard can do a lot of fun things with the with obviously because it's it's very uh, champ focused. But the soul transfer is a good card without any real drawbacks uh, because you can sack it, you can get rid of it either for its ability or if it's getting in the way, you just you just get rid of it. But like two con or two uh, econ and two damage for a two cost necros card is a good early buy game. It helps you get a little damage, gets you a little uh, econ, possibly cycle up a, a champion that'll help you do stuff and and or sack it later i love it it's an a for but, me but you you know you said it's it's good because it self-sacrifices but so does a fire gem right and it's it's good if yeah. you're going necros it's good if you're going champions and like i said it's situationally awesome but if you're if you're not it's a bad fire gem we should have put awesome. fire gems on here where would you rank fire gem <laughs> also a c i'd give fire gem probably a c or a b yeah, I, I, if I if I look at fire gems relative to everything I have in C tier, then unless unless uh, it kind of goes back to I'm not buying profit unless I'm in yellow. Or I'm sorry, blue. And I'm not buying taxation unless I, I need healing and I'm in yellow anyways, right? So it's kind of hard to evaluate them standalone. But it, yeah, I think a fire gem is better than those cards if you don't have those factions. But then again, why are you buying them if you don't? The other cards I have in C tier are the Inquisitor's Touch and the blue card. I can't make it out. Uh, it's the it gives you two gold and you can acquire a card to your top of your deck yeah. if you if you uh, faction it. The house, the house, the house always, always wins. wins. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a long name. Uh, the initials of that for are such thaw. a shitty card. <laughs> such a long name for <laughs> and, such a shitty uh, card. You know, I'm trying to get that to catch on. So, but nobody ever Thaw. knows it. It's All right, that was a good one. Sorry, Thaw. and I just stepped on it. We'll see. That's uh, fine. I agree with I agree with Thaw on that one. I have it. That's actually my only C ranked card. Is is that is that card? However, it has an asterisk next to it because if you're playing with an alchemist, it becomes an S an S ranked card. It's an S tier card now. If you're playing alchemist, goes up a lot for Alk. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I I buy it more often than I buy profit, but I agree that this was like a card I was a little more hyped about in the beginning that um I've cooled off on since seeing how it actually plays out. Um C feels about right to me as well. I put it in there. Yeah. Inquisitor's Touch is right next up on the level. I only have two B cards and Inquisitor's Touch is one of them, but which I think Larry just mes- mentioned. What was the other one you, you mentioned, Larry? Those, those are the five: uh, profit, taxation, inquisitors, touch, house always wins, and soul transfer. Those are my five yeah, okay. C's. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's yeah. a bit of a theme there of those all being like, uh, you know, econ generating actions that usually need some factioning to have some impact. They're all the low cost imperial and guild cards, basically. <laughs> True. Yeah, except for <laughs> except for soul transfer. Yeah. yeah. 
Would you guys have anything else on C? Nope. All right. No. All right, so moving on. I, to- yeah, I'm just following off of Jig's list here, which is very, very top heavy. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a top heavy yeah. lift too. I have I have six cards in S tier. Um, but what, moving on to B tier then? Let's do Bs. All right. I I think um, Hester is probably the the weakest of my B tiers. It, it made B tier. Mm-hmm. I think it's better than the cards that I just mentioned, but it's probably the weakest of these four that I have on B. I like the fact it's two gold. It self-sacrifices. Your opponent discards. It's great if you're factioning. Green, you get an extra three damage. Um, the next card I have – or do you guys want to talk about Pester? Is that – I agree. It's a B card. Yep. It's like a definition B card. Yep. It's it's usually it's usually not going to hurt you. Sometimes it's like if there's a um, if there's a crappy market or like a market clogged with expensive cards and there's a pester on there, you can buy the pester because you, you don't even if you can't faction it, you can sack it really easily and it has a good sack ability. It makes your opponent discard, yeah. which is yeah. awesome. It's a good card to keep away from thieves. You basically you really if you see pester on the road, you have to consider buying it. Unless there's something, obviously, something better that will prevent you to do so. But Pester's a good one to consider buying in many different situations. Yeah. So I think it's a good B. Uh, robbery was the next. That Robbery can't hurt you, right? It's one gold, draw a card, faction for two damage. If you're ever in a situation where, you, like, there's nothing you really want and you have the, the extra two gold, maybe you've already used your skill, Robbery can never hurt you, right, because it's replaced itself. So that's why I put it there, I think. Above the other cards we already talked about, um, the next card I like is Recruit. Um, I think Recruit is is sometimes uh, sneaky good. Now, also with some of the more champion focused um, heroes that are out, it becomes a little bit better. Uh, but also, you remember if you faction it, now you're at three gold instead of two. So that's why I say it's a little sneaky go- good. It, it's good to get yeah, I, you know an earlier game card. I think. Um, and then the last one that I had, and I, I think that this is sneaky good, is Explore. Um, one gold, two damage, sack it for three damage. This is, Oh, by the way, yes, draw one, discard one. Oftentimes, I'm going to sack this the first time I play it, right? I get that cycle. Mm-hmm. I get a little gold, but now I'm getting five damage. Um, by the time I, it, it makes it through my deck, hopefully I have better cards in there that I'm going to be looking to play. Um, if I have a lot of green that I want to keep factioning it, then maybe I won't sack it, but I have no hesitation. I think that's a lot of, you know, decent value, um, for, mm-hmm. for two coins. So those are my B tier. What do you guys got? That's great. I've got, you know, I've realized Larry, we have almost exactly the same order of cards ranking. I've just put them at different, uh, levels. So like you just listed, uh, robbery, recruit, intimidation, explore, which are at the end of of my very long a list okay and they're at like the beginning of your b list right. but they're actually in the same order that you just listed right uh, so when, if I you were to put, rank the cards you guys would have a very similar ranking yeah. it just so yeah, happens so, so like you called it a low a I, and he called it a i high put b. six cards in s and six cards in a which is probably yeah. we should have put a limit <laughs> for how many we're doing for each one. But, uh yeah everything you all right so let me just chime in on a few of these Recruit has always been one of my favorite cards as an early wizard sufferer who really suffered from healing in the early days of the game. Recruit was a lifesaver for her. If you could get her an early recruit as a wizard, it usually meant good things for you. It's still really powerful. 
uh, it's it does everything except damage basically and draw. Uh, it's really good. Robbery I actually have is a low A because it's it never hurts you. Um, just drawing uh, economy is always good to have. It's another one too, and this isn't the best reason, mm-hmm. but a low cost card that can help clear up the market uh, is sometimes a good thing to buy. And those are good cards to aim for uh, that don't clog up your deck. So that's a good one. Intimidation I have ranked even a little bit higher than robbery because just five damage is brutal. And if you can get that out early and start hammering people with it, you can do a lot of damage with it. Uh, Explore I have right above that as well for everything Larry mentioned as well. I just have all these at A rank uh, because I really like them and I frequently buy them. The other thing I'll say here too, sorry, I love actions as a, a player who loves playing wizards. Actions, of course, are you know part of my play strategies when I'm playing wizards. So a lot of these two costers, I really love to play. If you can get them early game, I don't hesitate to buy them. They're great for the magic mirror. They're great for uh, the gloves if you if you're playing a gloves build. Uh, low cost actions that do damage, give healing cycle and don't really are, are basically cantrips are all really good cards and that's why i rank all these at a rather than b yeah i just think like actions in general can be a safer investment i don't know how technical we want to get with things and i kind of said it earlier in the podcast about how champions are more likely to miss a shuffle but it's kind of like if you an action can get bottom decked if it's in your like last set of draws but a champion has like one set of draws further that it can get bottom decked in because you like play the champion uh like say (laughs) i'm gonna have a hard time (laughs) maybe like laying this out um but basically if i uh say i have four cards left in my deck those four cards are all bottom decked right but then I have my five-card hand. In my five-card hand is one of my champions. When I play that champion, that means that that champion is now going to miss the shuffle, right? So now all of a sudden, my champion was effectively bottom-decked if it's in my bottom nine cards. Whereas before, it's like your actions... Uh, what I'm trying to say is I think these cheap actions can be a better investment than um, like a mid-tier kind of point. champion. You're basically saying champions have an easier way to get trapped out of shuffles than actions do by right. outlining basically how he just said it. And and that's one reason I think why actions might skew a little bit higher, top heavier for me. Also, I play a shit ton of wizard. So that's another reason. <laughs> if the champion survives wanna... one full round, though, it's, you know, it, it is completely valuable right if you get to use it twice if it doesn't yeah. move yeah then and it does happen yeah, yeah. but yeah rare, it's happen. it's rare in the dungeons con it, as the damage output of cards gets higher the survival rate of champions has gotten lower also i think but that might be another and discussion. like yeah <laughs> i wanted to go into uh explore though really quick i was surprised larry that you said that you scrap it out right away so frequently i find myself like Sometimes I use Explorer as a way to like dig through my deck faster. So I like if I have some good purchased cards, then I'm likely to leave that Explorer in so He's that an I aggro can like, player, Chris. Pitch you're a goal. That's explain. what it is, yeah. isn't it? 
He's an aggro <laughs> player. He likes he likes to burn that damage. And okay, I, you can't okay. blame him for it. And, and but yeah, I'm I'm more the same way too. I like to keep it, especially if I'm a wizard. The more actions I have saturating my deck, especially ones that draw or cycle, the better. So yeah. uh, I definitely wouldn't, unless I need it, unless I need to take out a champion or you know uh, deactivate an armor or something like that. I'll do it. But I can see like for going aggro, like as Larry's want to play sometimes, depending on what character is using. Burning it quick is not definitely not bad. Yeah. And I'll I'll just like and and I know I, sh- I should have done a tier ranking now that I'm like talking about it all and stuff like that. But I would go like low. I I think I like. I'm trying to rate it here. I I don't know the one gold. I don't love that about it. Um, and I don't like the inflexibility of the force draw and discard one. Yeah. Right. I like when you can choose if you do that or not. Um, That's why its cousin is so much right, is so much better. Right. Right. So I think I would do like low A, low A for uh, explore. But then I'm looking at it and like, would I put robbery, intimidation, or recruit above explore? I don't know if no. I actually would. No, so they're all I guess right you... behind it. Yeah, they're yeah. all right behind it for me. Yeah, so it's in the right spot ranking wise. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Larry, how many do you have in A? How many I cards? Two, do I have, have two in A. Uh, and intimidation okay. is actually in A. I didn't. I, my four B were pester, explore, robbery, and recruit. Those are my four B. And intimidation, I just have demonic rage. I'm sorry, in A class, I have intimidation and demonic rage. Those two. So intimidation uh, and demonic rage. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Okay. Demonic rage. One gold. Sack a card from your hand or discard. Faction it for two damage. Sacrifice it for two damage. Uh, so I like that. I, I like all sacrifice cards quite a bit, especially if you can sacrifice from your discard, not necessarily your hand. Uh, but intimidation for that's just cheap damage. You know, two coin uh, cost mm. plus two and does five damage. You faction it for an additional two coin. That's great. Um, it's great if you're a fighter. It's great if you're a wizard. You know, it's just cheap damage. Barbarian. It's great for almost anybody. Yeah, <laughs> really. It's just an awesome card to get. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Those are my only two ace. And then I have six in S tier. What about you guys? I, let me just say, let me just say too, for, for Bard as well, um, and, and then Dubs, you go, for Bard as well, getting intimidation early can be big because mm-hmm. they can struggle to get a good player playing versus your bard will try to get up their own champs early that you can't deal with. So getting a high damage card like intimidation that doesn't use all your money is a great, great card for something like the the bard or cleric as well. needs yeah. some damage early sometimes. But with the bard also, you can use your, you can use your uh, armor uh, or your skill rather to not your skill, uh, the, the armor to uh, the coat. The, yeah. To, to get the two gold. Yeah, it seems like a big. great card for Bard that you'd want to be picking yeah, up. It's a great Bard card. Yeah, Bard card. Sorry, Dubs, to step on you. What, what's your reaction? <laughs> no, 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 you're good. I wanted to just shout out uh, Demonic Rage and how much I love uh, this mm. sacrificing card that is able to self-sacrifice once mm. it has done its work. That's yes. such an awesome effect of it because there's so many times where that late-game death touch is just kind of clogging up uh, what you're trying to do, and the Demonic Rage... Being able to scrap out there is so nice. It's my. It's actually S tier for me. It's the last S tier card I have. Demonic Rage. I, I love it because everything you just said. Oh, actually, I put all the sacrifice car, uh, actions. This one and Death Touch, obviously, are S. Uh, just because something that can sack from hand or discard at this cost is. These are literally the only two cards that can do it. So, what do you rank uh, higher? They're great. They're great. 
Death Touch I have ranked higher than yep. Demonic Rage. Myself as well. Uh, but D- Demonic Rage is good. And uh, another really fun combo, and we're, if we're going back to Bard again, we can talk in uh, – Filtro has talked about it before as well, uh, about Religious Farkir. If you get Demonic Rage with Religious Farkir and a Bard, you can <laughs> sacrifice one with Demonic Rage in your discard or wherever. Um, sacrifice Demonic Rage itself. That's two discards. Sacrifice a third with Religious Farkir. Uh, and that will give you four gold when you use the Religious Farkir, right? Then you stand them with the Bard ability. Sack another card again. Now you've sacked five cards in one turn and you've gotten uh, nine 11. gold. <laughs> or whatever out of Religious yeah. Farkir. And if you uh, sacrifice any abilities to acquire the Farkir, right. that an, a plus takes X. up your count yeah. by one. Plus and X. if you yeah. s- sacrifice your mug, uh, yeah. yeah. That, that oh really my go God, wild. there's so many things you can do. Yeah, but even without that, like that's one fun use for a demonic rage, but it's just, and it self sacrifices. So when you don't need it anymore, you just get rid of it. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic card. I have a, the, it's my lowest rank S card. Okay. My lowest rank S card is Rattling Welcome. I love Rattling Welcome because you choose damage or gold, right? And what it means is uh, late in the game when you don't need that gold, hey, four damage is still respectful. It's, for me, I think four damage is like late game, it's th- the lowest acceptable damage that you probably want <laughs> in your deck, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. anything lower than that, you're thinking, well, maybe I could get rid of it. Um, yeah. But four damage still still holds weight later in the game. Um, so it's very versatile. Um, should I go through the rest of my S tier? No, that's good. Let's go step by step because we're hitting the top of the crop now. So I agree with you. And Larry, it, this is holding true. Our order is still the same. Right after <laughs> Demonic Rage, my next card is Rattling Welcome. I have that listed next. This It's my second worst S rank. Uh obviously everything you just said is good the four damage you don't mind it like even late game okay and it's a guild card maybe it's going to fill a faction with something but the uh, of course the bottom to deck if you get this early game if you get this your first turn it can really set off set things off to the races for you um especially using things like with the wizard where you can do fun stuff with the mirror or other stuff uh, and just get off to huge starts against your opponent. Uh, makes this an amazing card. Uh, it definitely belongs in S-Rank, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah nothing too much uh, for me to add on the Rattling Welcome. Any game where you have it early, uh, you're usually pretty happy with that. Of course, it, it falls off late, but that's kind of the case with most of these cards, is that like you're not looking for the cheapo actions late in the game. Um but with Rattling Welcome, there even can be times where you are, though, because with that bottom decking, it can help you set up factioning or square up your deck and, and different stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a good one. Next S tier that I have is Make Camp. It does a little bit about everything, right? Three gold, two healing, and faction it for three damage. It's, uh, it's a great card early game. Um Late game, it, it does fall off, but my goodness, I think it's it, it's better. It's probably bit, it's better than rattling welcome early game for sure. Um, it just does so much. That's it. It's a great card. Yeah, and if you're factioning it late game, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you're factioning with other uh, imperial, I'd say even in late game, it's an awesome card. Yeah, it's I was going to say 
It's my next two. It's next time I listen to Tesseran for me. <laughs> Uh, I believe Wise Wizards adjusted this one in the course of the beta and that previously it only gave two econ. I think they changed that. And when they switched mm-hmm. it to give the three economy, it really rocketed it up in power level. And it took a little bit to catch on, I think. Uh, not not a little bit, but like a week or so. <laughs> you know, I feel like, at least me personally, I was kind of used to make camp not being super powerful. But that little tweak of one more econ on it. Um, oh, yeah really shoots it up in power level for that early game having yeah, this is a, a single, two two if it's yeah. a two two where would you rank it i mean it's it's probably drops down to plummets you know, to like b, b or, probably yeah. yeah lower end b if that yeah yeah it's worse yeah. than recruit probably right yeah. yeah i think um but yeah yeah no it would be technically i mean you have to faction it to do it to really make it yeah. work to have a case yeah okay cool Next card, oh, I love this card so much. It's hard for me to even say that there's three cards that I think are better than this card, but <laughs> Spark is my next S- card. All right. Uh, I mean, uh, three, three damage. So I this just, is your number? This is, this my, is number five? Uh, this is uh, four. four. I, yeah. Number four for you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I played more thief than anything in this game over the couple of years we've been playing now. Um, and so I've just, I've obviously attracted to discards at every opportunity and you know, spark is no exception. You, you know, you see it on the row, you hate when your opponent gets it. Um, so just, a, a, I think what a great value for just one coin. Great thing. One of my favorite moments, Zen moments of any day is when I'm playing boots thief and I reveal a spark. <laughs> that I can you buy get it for, for zero. Yeah. That, it's yeah. just like it, it, rarely do I feel just more more of a blissful like it's like that that the clear ringing of a bell that just gives you a moment of clarity into the universe. <laughs> I love when that happens. Yeah. Not much to add to me for me on Spark. Um, I don't want to derail things too much, but it's crazy to me that in Star Realms there's nearly an equivalent card called Imperial Fighter. That's two damage discard and factions for another two damage. And it's like, I don't think it would be on anyone's S tier. But in this game, with it having one more damage, it becomes like this nearly almost always an auto buy. And so that's just kind of what I've been (laughs) floating around in my head about Spark is like, what is it about Hero Realms that made that little tweak of damage make Spark that just that much better? But I think it's kind of how it lays in the grand scheme of wild being so strong at damage and this is a single card that's going to do five damage for you sometimes you know and that's and that's huge i I think you know even just going back to make camp right you take away one gold and it falls down you know two two to three tiers um so yeah you know one damage it's different than falls down gold right quite the same but because i think in hero realms you also have you know thief uh, it, it, we know that the cumulative effects of many discards is greater than the individual effects. So I think that probably plays into it as well. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Coincidentally, it's my first, that spark is my number one card. Uh, I, have, <laughs> I give it a few tops. And now part of the reason is because it's the, uh, it's the progenitor of the name of the podcast. So it gets in that couple extra points there, but yeah, it's just a, it's like Dub said, it's, it's, the closest thing to an auto buy on this list, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, you might be able to argue Elven Gift is a little higher, but I, I would actually say Spark is a little higher than Autobuy for me. But that's why I have it up at the rank. But we're we're talking we're splitting hairs now at yep. the top of this. That's the list. What's your next card, Jake? Uh, my okay. Well, my third ranked. You want my second or my third ranked? Your third ranked. My third ranked is uh, Elven Gift, and I th- oh. I wrestled with putting Elven Gift or Death Touch in second or third, but I I think I went with Elven Gift just because you, I tend to value Sack a little bit more. And again, when I'm ranking these cards, I'm looking usually at early game or like I'm not thinking about late game or mid game usually when to buy these cards, right. especially for these low costers or you're, you're usually buying early game. Death Touch, I would just put higher. You you either want it for yourself and or you don't want your opponent to get it, even more so than Elven Gift. That's why I have Death Touch a little bit higher than Elven Gift, but they're so close. Elven Gift is one of my favorite cards in the game. It's super strong. It does so many good things. The fact that its cycle is optional just makes it a killer of a card. If it was a forced cycle like Explore, it'd probably be down a tier with explore for me but uh the fact that it's an optional cycle just makes it ridiculously good and it's uh, the two gold be... the two gold is huge yeah. on it <laughs> yeah. yeah for a two cost sure. it's interesting i think we the cost performance is off the chart we flipped on this because actually i have death touch as my third and i have elven gift as my my number mm-hmm. one card mm-hmm. uh elven gift why why it's my number one and again we're splitting hairs we're talking about s class but that that four damage, do you think people would still be buying it like crazy if it had half that damage, if it was faction for two? I, I think people would still buy it for the cycle and the gold, right? You, hey, if you get four damage, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. But if you can you get two gold, the optional cycle, that kind of control over your draw, I think it's a fantastic card. And that's a lot of damage if you faction it. So that's – I struggled with – That's great. With that. Great point. I'd say if it was two less damage, it would still be S tier for me. Good. It might drop a few spots, but I still think I'd put it on S tier. Yeah. Even if you take two damage off of it, which is crazy. That shows you how good it is. Yeah. Keep going um, on, Larry. I, I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, if you got more to say on Elven Gift? No, that 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 was it on Elven Gift. My my third ranked card is is Death Touch. Um, but you, you know, you've already we've already talked about. Can you that. guys? I have some reasons that I could state, but I want to hear from you guys a little bit as you both have death touch ranked ahead of demonic rage. Why is that the case for you? Uh, well, I, I, I like the consistent damage. I, I, I mean, I think probably it's safe to say that all three of us are looking for sacrifice, uh, whenever possible, which means if I have yeah. a death touch, there's, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to pick up a death cultist or an influence or something else. So going back to now we're late game, I've had this death touch in my deck for a long time. My deck's thin. So now I'm getting four damage with it consistently. Yeah, you can sack out Demonic Rage, um, but all that cumulative damage you've had throughout the game with death touch, whether it was two damage or four damage, that's all meaningful. Um, so that's why I rank it higher. Jake? Yeah. There's something I have nothing to, me- to add to that. Perfectly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something to me about like with the demonic rage, you know, you want to buy that early. Both of these, you want to buy them early and uh, it giving economy is nice. Uh, you know, as that's going to kind of like set you up as the game goes. But I think your guys's point about how 
the four damage, since that's what you're going to be kind of building towards with your deck, having that four damage come up for you time and time again um, is going to be a pretty powerful thing. So I can see why you drank it uh, over. But I just wanted to get into that a little bit more since they're so closely designed with such narrow uh, you know, differences between them of what made it go up higher. There's one card um, that we haven't talked about yet, I don't think, that was at the top of Jig's A tier. Do we want to mention that? Influence. Or is there more? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did you did you forget about uh, Influence, Larry, or did you just mention it? We missed no, it. No, I, I have that in S tier. I have that as my number two card. So, oh, that's your number two card. Yeah, awesome. We, we, All right, so he didn't so forget so close it. on everything except for Soul Transfer and Influence. I mean, I, I love Influence. My gosh, that is a boatload of gold that you can just sacrifice when you don't need it. I love it so much. And I struggled with one and two, Elven Gift or Influence. Those were my top two. Um, and even, I mean, they're both so good. I, I, just, I, I love getting that gold. I love being able to get rid of it whenever I – sometimes – you get rid of it a little too early because you absolutely need to clear out that champion. That's okay. Cause it, it served its purpose too. Um, but I like the versatility of it. I like the economy of it. I oh. think something that needs to be said is the amount of reach that having a single three coster gets you in your deck that a, or a three, something that gives you three gold that a two gold card doesn't uh, give you. And that is like the power of influence to me is that mm-hmm. it, is a three gold card and that just really uh lets you ramp up into some of those five six seven eight cost purchases of those really strong cards that are going to swing the game in your favor and then like has already been said you you scrap it out when you don't need it or when you have that utility moment of knocking out a champ that you need to so yeah Yeah. influence i had it at the top of my a so it was either it was right it was either the end of s or the top of my a and here you know looking at my list it's the lowest rank three or cost or it's the lowest rank card that provides three gold on it for me. Everything else is ranked higher than it. Or, I mean, there's only rattling welcome, I guess, but no, I guess those are the only two cards at this level or cost one cost two that provide that much gold, which says a lot. Well, make camp uh, would be the other one. Make camp. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So there's three of them. Yeah. That was the other one. Sorry. Yeah. I wonder if I would um, put influence ahead of make camp. Maybe like I like rattling welcome more than influence, but I think I probably like influence. An over aggro make player. Camp. This is the difference. Yeah. So I think Larry and I basically flipped a few of these. Like for me, yeah, for an aggro, I'd put influence over make camp for a more wizard or a key person who needs more healing. Uh, May camp for me is a little bit higher than it, but uh, everything Larry just said about me is, or said about influence to me is spot on. I mean, it's a fantastic card. I might, but who do I, if I keep my S ranks at six and my A's at six, it's tough though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's borderline S for me for sure. I love that. It's almost one for Larry thought about one or two for it, for, for him though. That's a cool difference of perspective there. I think Uh, where would you put it? Dubs influence. Um, if you made a tier list, <laughs> if I did my homework, <laughs> if you theoretically made a tier list for, for a podcast discussion on tier lists uh, of cards. Hmm, yes, indeed. I think <laughs> low, low end S is, is really good for it. It's hard to, um, you know, say without having the rest of like my, my rankings and stuff rolling, but I, I, 
I would probably put Elven Gift number one, though. I like that. Elven Gift is mm-hmm. such an awesome card. So I feel Larry, like- let me just say, yeah. in defense of you, sorry, Larry, you keep starting and then, and then I jump on it. Influence is the only card that guarantees three gold and three damage uh, in this set of cards. Yeah. It's the only one yeah. that guarantees both of those without factioning. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's huge. There's something to be said. And that goes to what Larry is saying about the versatility. There's something like to the- be said about that. The floor on influence is pretty high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this was really great. I think we, we covered all of them, um, and I felt like we were in line with, with everything, but we have to go back to where we started with Soul Transfer. I had it in the basement. Jig had it all the way up top. We know that situationally it's great. I called it a uh, worse than a fire gem at one point in time. Uh, <laughs> certainly if, if everything lines up, you know, Hey, you can put that champion, you can make the magic work, but overall with, without the right setup, I think it's lousy, but jig had it all the way up top. I had it at the bottom dubs. You're going to be the, well, the, a, the jury. I didn't maker. have an S I didn't have it all the way at the top. Okay. I had it at a, all right. I, you, I had it you had it at a dubs. You're going to be the judge in the jury. Where is soul transfer <laughs> on your theoretical hypothetical tier list that, <laughs> well, it should come as no surprise for anyone that knows me that I would split the difference and say that it's a B. But I think that that is where <laughs> that is where it belongs. So in diplomatic of you. Scheme. Right. I know exactly right. Like that. It's such a such Very, a me thing to do is to say that it's right yes. in the middle. <laughs> diplomatics is his name. Double double diplomatics. Yeah. Cool. No, but I think you know there is no right or wrong answer. No one's right or wrong. It's in. For Larry's play style and how he, and the characters and the way he plays, influence probably is a better choice at his list. For me and the uh, the the wizards I like to play, you know, I, I probably rank it. Up. But still, influence is so damn good. I I would never. It's almost it's another one that's usually an auto buy unless it comes out well, mid late. Yeah, and you do have influence ahead of soul transfer for what it's worth. On oh yeah, list. oh yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, sure. there is justice. I just really. World. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just that was a great yeah great awesome um, wow. card wars though and we got some card good wars. insight and and you know we saw a lot of overlap on the way we we rated things but some differences as well and like i said no one's right or wrong uh it's all how you play it and how you kind of view it uh, is uh, beneficial to your own play style so good stuff guys all right um let's keep the episode rolling here up next we are going to transition into Horgle's least favorite segment of the podcast, <laughs> Lewis Spotlight. All right, I wasn't sure when that was gonna. That was my first time hearing that bumper music. It's done. Wasn't sure when to hop in there. I love, I love it. Might have to. Maybe my contribution will be some lyrics to the Lua Spotlight lead-in, because you know, so inspired by all the rapping that's happened lately. But uh, here in the Lua Spotlight, I do want to give a shout out to Warden Slayer at the very beginning. Here, we had talked about some custom ancestries. Well, my man is delivering. He is in the, I would say, probably the alpha testing stages, maybe even beta. I don't know how he'd describe it. But the kobold and the turtle are a reality, people. 
I have played a game with them. Jig has played a game with them. Um, and Warden Slayer, he's got them uh, at, a, at a starting point. So we'll be looking forward to ancestries in uh, in custom games. How how cool is that, right? It's awesome. And it's a lot of fun. The Kobolds are, are delivering even more than promised. I'll, I'll say is that. We'll do a deep dive into those later. Also, one yeah. more shout out to Warden Slayer's Sparks and Wreck character as well. That's He actually made a Sparks and Wreck character with starter cards, including Nostra Double Damas, <laughs> yes. uh, amongst others, which harken back to some of the fun things we do on the podcast, which is a lot of fun to play as well. Yeah. Again, and we'll, we'll spark, we should sparkle some of these in the challenges. We're also always happy to answer messages. If you want to get a script, just let us know. We're happy to share it with you. And after the last podcast, I had a couple people, you know, drop me a DM and be like, Hey, can you send me that random script or different stuff like that? So, and I'm happy to kind of like proliferate these things out there. Um, it's just a really fun way to, to play the game. Some of these creative things that people have come up with and that inspired me to come up with my first uh not my first one because we did like the custom class with tim back in the day um but that was kind of like a group thing and it was like community sourced and voting so uh this one has been kind of like entirely my own little idea which uh i named it wizard heist epic gambit and the idea of it is to be kind of as interactive as it could be with a lot of like complicated decision trees and a lot of options that people could have. Um, and it's something that I'm trying to like continue to refine. Uh, Horgle, you probably haven't seen it. I know Jig has played it, but imagine a character that uh, has pure channel, explosive fireball, masterful heist, shadow mask, thief boots, and wizard robes. That's like <laughs> your skills and abilities. And then your deck is like silver skull amulet, ship in a bottle, two copies of Imperial Sailor, one copy of Treasure Map, um, and then a bunch of the little like one cost, like the fighter weapon, like the battle scythe or the rallying flag and battle scythe. So a few little things that you do have to scrap out and stuff like that. And then the, uh, the small full card friendly banter so that you can like control your faction with the treasure map and stuff like that. And uh, basically what I found is that these games, there were some really interesting early turns where you're like doing like this totally crazy stuff and you're sacrificing all your cards. And then it just kind of like snowballs to this insane mid game. Um, so I needed to kind of ramp that back a little bit. So I'm still kind of like tinkering and testing with it, but, uh, I'm going to kind of do a write up of my thoughts. There's some custom cards that I think are going to be next. That's what made this so, uh, easy to whip up was that I'm just, I basically took a template someone else had and was able to plug in, you know, these cards that already exist. So to try to refine it, to be more balanced, I'm going to be, switching idea that jig had was instead of explosive fireball we custom code a fireball that blows up the market uh it wipes out the market uh so i think that one will be cool uh i'm gonna call it rolling thunderbolt is the name for that one you should call it explosive taco bell (laughs) that'll that'll clear that'll clear pretty quickly buddy trust me Uh, and then uh 
Yeah, and then I'm going to go back to the old school sailor. And the only other thing I wanted to say about that one is uh, I was surprised at how many people were picking it up when I was throwing it in the custom queue, which, you know, how you can make, like, publicly available custom games. I quickly got up to 36 games in my queue and had more than I could handle to keep up with it all with that one. And uh, I did make the character names. Uh Sign up for hero-helper.com and join realms.realmsrising.com are the character names on those. So, yeah, more to come from me on that one and hopefully going to be getting my toes wet with some actual custom card uh, creation for the Wizard Heist Epic Gambit. Great stuff on Lewis Spotlight, and we promise we'll be bringing more in future episodes. Up next, we're going to roll right into the final stages of the podcast, starting with Community Roundup. All right, everybody, when you hear that uh, music, you know we're getting towards the end of the show here. But we always love to give a little bit of a community roundup to talk about what is happening in the community. I will get things started out here first with a update on the Grand Joust, which has started. Uh, it started, I think, uh, about a week ago or almost a week ago. I've been starting two events every two days to kind of stagger it out a little bit to keep from overloading people like Larry, who signed up for everything, I think, or almost everything. Everything. In the Joust. Uh, and it's off to a good start we're almost done i'm starting off the final wave today which is wizards alchemists and druids as well which was a late minute addition due to some people asking about druids so i threw druids in there as well uh and we'll see how the just goes i'm hoping we'll wrap it up before the end of 2024 but we'll see uh how how long it takes to, to work out um the other event that i'll talk about is the uh, Hail to the Kings or King of the Castle event right now, which is currently populated by King Omsk in Castle A and King Filtro in Castle B. Filtro is facing off against the Cats' Meow in an epic face-off there, and Double Dubs taking on his own, his old apprentice uh, or his own men, uh, pupil in the mentor pupil um, system that we have going that Double Dubs is running himself. Uh, should be an interesting matchup there. Uh, if you're interested in King of the Castle, it's a really good event. Lots of high-level players signed up. I see Horgel is in the queue as well. Uh, we've got 10 people signed up. It goes pretty quickly with two castles running. Lots of fun matches with really good players. So if you're interested, give it a check out. That's it for me, Double Dubs. You got any community events? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to shout out uh, Meat. It's back on the menu. That one was interesting. We had a low uh, number of players that turned out to have two orcs, myself included. So, But that one is uh, chugging along uh, nine folks in the battle for orc supremacy there. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Over in the No G's tournament, uh, we have one person who has secured themselves a place in the top four, and that is Noodle Tulpe. Um, a really cool tournament here because it is forcing you to look at how the beta classes match up against each other. And, you know, we don't often think about that. It's off usually like how do the beta classes fit in the greater context of everything? 
um, not just like against each other. So I've liked that a lot about the tournament. And it's also double elimination. Um, we have a huge variety of different types of tournaments uh, in Realms Rising, but I feel like the most common type of tournament we have is a single elimination bracket where, you know, you can have a bad round one and be done. So I like that. Um, I think Meowgan is running this one and that, yeah, Meowgan is running it and that she has chosen to do double elim here. I think that's neat. Um, I'll say quick fire, the quick fire tournament. We have number four going still uh, moving along there. We've got as awesome as, uh, in the top four, and then uh, myself in the finals, waiting for either as awesome as Evo Effects or DeCats's Meow for an opponent. Um, mm. I think King of the Shire is moving along. We have one person in the top four, DeCats's Meow. No other top four players there yet. And Banned, the top four players were Rip versus Kaka, where Rip has advanced to the finals. And then DeCats is Meow versus Rucksack, and Rucksack has advanced to the finals. This will be a really interesting one to get the metagame data from Logan once it's over because um, this is the one where he went through and banned a bunch of common leveling up choices. So it really shakes up the metagame. So kind of getting a like, post look at that will be super cool. Um, as far as things to sign up for, Thandar Combat League, you can still get signed up for the next season for that. So be checking out uh, Thandar Combat League if you want to get in on that one. Dubs and Jig, a question uh, for folks that are not familiar or haven't really done a lot of these events. What's the best way to find out about them? Are they announced? Is it, does it go at everyone for all the events? Um, or do you have to be tuned into specific channels? Is there any kind of uh, general way that people can find out about events or they announce a certain way? Yeah, that's a great question. In the Realms Rising Discord, there is a dedicated channel called Event List. And Event List is um, restricted who can post there and actively monitored to always be showing only the events that are currently taking signups. So um, if you want to know what you could sign up for right now, keeping an eye out on the event list channel in the realmsrising.com Discord will help you make sure that you don't miss anything. And you can even set up channel-specific notifications. So if you go to that event list channel, right-click on it and go to notification settings, you can be alerted to any new messages that come through to that channel specifically. So if you want to make sure to not miss anything at all, make sure you go to the event list channel and turn on notification settings for all messages for that channel, and you'll be sure to not miss anything. Realmsrising.com. Go ahead. I was going to say that. I was going to say Realmsrising. <laughs> dot com oh, no, has a little bit but it's not as actively uh updated as that so i would consider that discord channel to be the source of truth for events there's also a role you can uh sign up for on the discord called sign me up i don't sorry if you mentioned this does which we do try to ping with, with new signups as well so if you have this role on your discord profile and someone creates a sign up and they use that wow ping, you'll know about it that way as well. We have multiple ways for you guys to find our events. I didn't even know about that one. 
to be honest. That's crazy. I'm gonna have to start plugging that. Yeah, it's in the um, the uh, channel where you select the reactive roles channel. Uh, sorry, oh. I forget the name of it. It's called server roles, and one of the roles is sign me up. If he's, we only have four, or no, there's more than that because I, I've redone the role a few times, but um, there's probably like a, several dozen people signed up for it. Uh, so every time a new event or they're looking for signups, if you use that ping, you'll catch some people. Nice. I'm in. Yep. Great um, point there, Larry, to throw in at the end of the community roundup. There's also a link for the page Double Doves out uh, said in the show notes every every episode, so you can find that there. And it's usually pretty up to date. It might not be like up to date by the day, but it, within you know a week or two, it's it's usually pretty good. Uh, yeah. And I'm putting all of that on Doves because he's the one who usually looks at it. So if it's out of date. <laughs> blame him yeah all right guys um if that's it for community roundup let's head into the um culmination the climax if you will of the podcast with tap it or scrap it All right, I always forget when that music cuts off or if it fades <laughs> out, so I'm just going to start talking now. Let's jump into Tap It or Scrap It, a time-honored tradition where we uh, tap and scrap current things that we either enjoy or find interesting or delighted with and um, scrap things that we're not. So uh, let's get it started. Shoot, how do we want to do it? Dubs usually likes to do the scraps first and then the taps. So let's start with scraps. Uh, who wants to go first on this one? Well, I can go first because I have one ready. Do you want to go, Larry? Okay. Oh, go ahead. All right. Go for All it. Right. My scrap is mildly infuriating designs of things. <laughs> and what I mean by that is uh, so I was I went on vacation this past weekend, stared at, stayed at an Airbnb. Super nice place. Really grateful to be able to have this time with my family to go. But there were some small elements of the Airbnb that were these mildly infuriating designs. The first one, vertical paper towel dispensers. I hate those. Have you guys ever used those? Where like every time you rip it and the bottom of the paper towel, you don't get the whole paper towel. So that was driving me crazy the whole time. The, I have uh, a paper towel. I have a vertical paper towel. <laughs> I have a vertical <laughs> paper towel dispenser and I don't what? rip it. It's all no, technique. every time. Buy better yeah, I know. Towel, I tried to adjust my technique. It wasn't working for me. Maybe you guys <laughs> will have some other tips for me on these other uh, quick hits. The there was like in the kitchen there was like a, a like I wouldn't call it a bar area, but you know like an elevated top with like chairs next to it. But the countertop didn't extend beyond the cupboards, so there was like your knees were there. It was a very poor seating situation uh. at the bar. Drove me a little crazy. But the worst one of it all, you guys. So this was totally the situation where you could tell they like fixed up the place. They remodeled the bathroom. They're going to make it be their Airbnb thing. The brand new shower, which had this fancy shower head and all looked super nice. There was a door to get into it. That's on the far right. But the shower head and where you adjust it is on the far left. So anytime you want to take a shower, you got to be all the way in there and get blasted with the cold water before, you know, there's there's no turning the shower on and then getting in when it's nice uh, and toasty. So that was some mildly inferior design fail designs for you there. 
yeah, <laughs> and that's what I'm good scrapping scraps. Yeah, those are some good scraps. Nice. <laughs> I like it. We're off to a strong start. Larry, what, what are you scrapping? Well, I, I'm not going to uh, – I'm not as infuriated about this, but mildly depressed over the fact that, um, as I mentioned before, our, our fearless leader here has yet to come to a, a Legends tournament. And so that's what I'm scrapping that, that Jig hasn't played in any of our <laughs> nice. and, and everyone else on the show has. Um, so it's about time. It's about time. I also have the best excuse though, Larry. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the, at least, at least I have that. All right. Um, good scraps. And man, Larry's going to keep laying it on, isn't he? I can see this is going to be an uphill battle for me <laughs> to try to resist away. this, but we'll, we'll see. Um, Great stuff so far. What am I going to scrap? Okay, well, first I'm going to scrap people who, um, without proper research and or own personal usage, needlessly scrap vertical paper towel uh, holders. <laughs> they wow. definitely, definitely work very well. They take a lot less space, and um, they just work really well if you use them correctly. Um, no, I'm joking a little bit. I have done that. I have had that happen, and it's usually bad. Uh, paper towel it's the really okay. thin paper towel that hasn't been perforated very well that that can happen right so, yeah. maybe that's what i can i can see that happening um that is my only scrap of the week i had a pretty good week so i can't scrap too much there you go all right that's let's good. let's transition into the taps uh you know what? I'll, I'll take the tap and then we'll spin it back around to you guys all right good um dubs was talking about i've got two taps all right and the the minor tap i have is we're, well, we're talking about kitchen kitchen design i guess we've got a really nice magnetized knife bar on the wall of our kitchen uh it's hard to explain but just imagine like a metal bar that attaches to your wall that you can just put knives like cutting knives and butcher knives and stuff on It, it looks awesome it saves a ton of space you don't have to get one of those awkward knife holder things that that sit and take up a bunch of space on your thing and if you have a couple of nice knives, it's a good way to show them off to people. Also, it's easy to grab if you know if you have an intruder and you need to get to your a knife quickly. You know where they are, and they're usually you know right, right there to, to go for. I'm just joking. Hopefully, you know intruders won't be a, a, a thing that I'll have to scrap in the future. But uh, that my second tap is uh, this one's going to Bork, who gave me a really good music recommendation recently that I've just become enamored with. It's an Australian band called Parcels, and they're kind of like a jam band that they, they sound like they're from the 1970s. They dress kind of like they're from the 70s, but they're all in their 20s, and they play like they're master musicians. There's a, an album called Volume One Live, where they're just playing their songs live in a studio, kind of with seamless transitions between the different songs they do, and it's just like one of the most amazing studio performances i've ever seen or heard in my life parcels volume one check it out you won't be disappointed that's my tab of the week yeah yeah i'll check that out bork will hit you up with some solid music recommendations he's got great music recs yeah and i love me some music we're always bouncing stuff back off and he's but literally like i've not been able to stop listening to this this band especially this album is just just incredible they've got a youtube video of the whole session where you get to watch them doing it. It's just like, oh my God, the the, the level of talent these guys have is uh, off the charts. Okay, that's my tap. Um, swinging it back, Larry, what's your, what are you tapping this week? So I have two uh, two quick taps. First is the Joust Tournament. I'm really enjoying that. Um, I feel like it's been a while since I've been in a big tournament like that. And 
I'm glad to be back and, and doing it, having a lot of fun with that. Uh, second tap is um, I've been running some play tests of this uh, game Dungeon Craft. I know you guys have both tried it um, and getting a lot of um, interest in the community. We have a number of people coming back to play it a, a few times over just play testing of this game that I'm working on. But shout out to User Cafe for like breaking the game. Um, <laughs> I was there for one of them. Yeah. So yeah, the first time User Cafe played, so no one had ever scored over 60 points before, including people that have played the game. I have play testers that have played the game a half a dozen times. No one's ever scored over 60. So his first time he scored 63 points uh, to win the game. And then on the very next night, he beats his own record and sets a new high record of 65 points. Uh, then he sends me like all these math calculations about how to balance the game. And I go through them and he's like spot on with all of it. So, wow. uh, yeah, so he's, awesome. he's really, he's really given uh, actually a, quite a bit of, of help and insight. I don't know. He's like a Euro game genius, I think, but uh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I found that out firsthand. I don't, probably don't want to get too deep on the weeds on this because people don't have the full context, but was there something consistent about his strategy between game one and game two? Yeah, and he gave me some insight in terms of areas where he found it was maybe imbalanced, and so we've kind of tweaked a, a couple of things, very slight things that you would not actually recognize. Um, again, not going into the weeds, a lot of people would want to rush minions, but actually uh, increasing your deck size is a priority based on all the math, yeah. and it proved to be true when he showed it to me. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and getting dice and getting things that can generate dice is another thing that happened in my game where he yeah. just took off. Let me just jump on on Larry's tap here because I played a session of it, and for a game that's in play testing stages that we played in TTS <clears throat> with his you know his mocked up cards and everything, it was incredible. Like it really felt like a like a uh, what, what what do you call them dungeon builders? I, I'm not sure what the type of what, what what it is, but like you're building a dungeon, but you're also have an option of building a deck of getting dice of getting uh, uh, different cards that you can fill out your dungeon with to take on on come onslaughts of you know legends and challengers that come in and it was a ton of fun really like and I played other games that try to aim for this but they don't quite hit it the way um, dungeon craft does so I I want to play test some more I, I'm hopefully we can sign up for it another time soon and I'm really looking forward to seeing right. where Larry goes with this. It's an awesome game. And if you have a chance, I, I don't know how much more testing Larry's going to do with it, but if you hear this and you hear, if you see Larry's call for play testing and you want to, if you're even thinking about doing it, just jump on it. You're going to love it. It's a super fun game. Highly recommend it. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth, worth the plug. I was going to save this for the very end, but um, we did play it on stream and you can catch the VOD um, uh, twitch.tv slash double dubs. Uh, just look for the one that has Dungeon Craft in the title, and you can watch us play. Keep in mind that it is a playtesting session, so we're all new at it, and obviously there's things that he's tweaking along the way. So it'll be. I also had to leave right different. at the end. I had to leave right at the end. Of the world, but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least yeah. I beat Double Dubs, though. My my, yeah, I, I watched sure the VOD later, and I saw Larry take over and 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 cruise to second place. So that was good. It was an epic three-hour stream. It was long. <laughs> it was intense. Yeah, I'm but, trying to work uh, on the play good. time. Of course, you know the stream included the the rules, and anytime you're teaching new players, um, you know it, it's it slows it down a little bit. But I'm trying to. I'm, I'd but like not to get that bad. Two hours, you know. Um, yeah, Larry, well, there I was think padding. You had, 
we're yeah. talking yeah, with Chad too, and but stuff. So, his, yeah. his, I think from like the beginning of his explanation to the first turn was like 25 minutes or something, which for a game of with that many like moving parts and things going on, it's, re- it's actually quite streamlined. And Larry explained it really well. And once, if you play games before, you can grasp the concepts Pick up pretty on quickly it. and, and figure yeah. out you know how to play it. So, which also speaks to like the good design of the game as well. It's got a lot of interesting parts that, coalesce and move really well together in interesting ways so yeah i love it you know it's a sign of a good game where even after you're done playing it you're still thinking about it and you're still thinking about like oh if i had done this or user cafe that he was doing this and this and next time i should if you're already strategizing on how you want to play the next game after only playing one it's a great sign so and dungeon crafted that for me so yeah absolutely uh so final tap here i'm going to uh tap the generosity of uh, of others, and that's kind of the the holiday season. Uh, you know, it's good to, good to give back as you can. I had my wife's coworker just this night brought us like eight bags of toys that are all like hand me downs from her two boys. The same lady has given us a bunch of clothes from her two boys, and uh, it's just really nice when people are uh, paying it forward and helping you out like that. And so. Um, definitely going to be trying to do the same here as we get into the the holiday season. Mm, great, yeah, great. Passing stuff down, especially good, like high quality. Uh, or I mean, like good clothes or good toys that haven't been used that much. We, I have three kids, two of which are on the growing up era and of the childhood stage. But yeah, we've all the good stuff that is just you can't throw it away. I mean, some people like to sell it or recycle it, but if you have a friend or someone with kids and entering that same range it's such exactly a great thing to do yeah yeah it's such a great way to yeah press it forward and like to see these it's kind of like toy story you know you you see you get to see these beloved toys go to a home <laughs> of people you know that are going to be enjoyed and played with and it's a, it's a happy it's a win-win for everybody really hey wow what we're not even in technically into the uh, holiday season but i guess it kind of feels like uh, we're on the cusp of thanksgiving so i guess it is kind of the holiday season but oh yeah uh mariah yeah, carey is out scraps. <laughs> oh boy yeah that, that'll be my scraps for for next episode, for next episode. Um, I'll, I'll just lead out the sign-offs here by saying thanks everybody um once again larry you're just such a pleasure to hang out with always you're lounging with larry love may have been my favorite segment that we've done so far just because you always have such good questions and good awesome fun ways questions. to take the direction yeah yeah you're just a great, great person to have as part of the community. You always have an open invite to come back and join us. Uh, and uh, thanks again for coming, my friend. Well, thank you. And I'll, I'll just say goodbye to everyone and, and say it's an honor to be on this with you guys. And um, it's amazing what you guys do for the community, not just the, the podcast, but all the tournaments, all the organizing, the mentorship program, the streams, everything you guys do, like, I think so many people would not even still be playing Hero Realms weren't for what you guys do. And, and that's that's why I was, you know, brought up what I did today because I, I think it's important, but that you guys should get recognized for everything you do. And uh, I just want to say thank you for that. It means a lot, Larry. Absolutely. Thank you so that's, much, man. Thanks, man. And uh, a great episode. I loved it. Thank you for being on and, and taking the time. Um, this was, this was a good one. Episode 44 in the books, number 50 on the horizon here. I'm going to have to cook up something 
special for that one, I reckon. What do you think, Jig? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of, I'm sure we'll, I don't we'll even think know. Thing or two for that one. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll think we'll of some fun like, for that. Maybe stream it live for the community. Maybe I don't know. Just uh, throwing something out there could be good. We could aim for something like that. I think looking at the schedule, I think it's it's projected to. It's probably not going to happen until May sometime, right? Or Mar- okay. March, maybe. Okay. Uh, I forget what, but yeah, it's still a ways off. We've got some episodes to work through before then, but yeah, we'll we'll have to do something fun for fifty. That's it. We'll we'll have to bring that up with our. Uh, supporters and patrons as well I think. <laughs> for sure well uh speaking of streams i would love for anyone who wants to to come join me at twitch.tv slash double dubs 8 30 p.m central is uh the time on wednesdays uh we'll be you know either playing dungeon craft or playing hero realms or who knows what we might be getting into so be sure to come hang out and also be sure to stay fresh, cheese bags. Not everybody. <laughs> you made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. You're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Thank you.